it's 7 p.m. I'd like to call the meeting to order. Today is February 22nd, 2024, and this is a meeting of the Rent Stabilization Commission for the City of West Hollywood. We'd like to take a moment uh, by acknowledging that the land in which we gather, currently known as the City of West Hollywood, is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrielino Tangva and Gabrielino Quiche people. Commissioner Bass, would you lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance? Please rise and repeat with me. Thank you, Commissioner Bass. I hope everyone's doing great this evening. Uh, happy Black History Month. I hope you've had an opportunity to you know, go to an event or do something that honors the legacy and contribution of black Americans. And if you haven't, you still have time. Uh, Madam Secretary, may we have the roll call, please? Yes, Commissioner Bass. Present. Commissioner Kirpies. Present. Commissioner Martz. Present. Commissioner Rory. Present. Commissioner Topshin. Here. Vice Chair Moore. Here. And Chair Wright. Present. We have a quorum. If everyone's had a chance to review tonight's agenda, I'll entertain a motion. I'll make that motion. Okay, thank you. Is there a second? A second. We have a motion and a second to approve the agenda. Madam Secretary, roll call, please. Commissioner Bass? Aye. Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Rory? Aye. Commissioner Topshin? Aye. Vice Chair Moore? Aye. Chair Wright? Aye. Motion passes. All right, we have the minutes from the July 11th, 2024 Rent Stabilization Commission meeting and the July 25th, 2024 Rent Stabilization meeting. If ever, do we have to take them, can we take them aggregately or do we need to do them as separate motions if we, for approval? Uh, you mentioned July and it's January. Chair <laughs> <laughs> Wright, uh, just January. making that correction. Okay, thank you. Uh, can we do them as an aggregate motion? You can do it as an aggregate motion, that's fine. Okay. Okay, wonderful, uh, and thank you for uh, correct, correcting the date. So we have a motion uh, for approval of those minutes. Does it make any difference that I wasn't here on the 25th, so would need to abstain from that one? Yeah, on the that one, I think three of us were absent. I think if you just note for the record um, which um, one that you're abstaining from, you could still do it collectively as a motion. Thank you. Okay, I already have a motion. Is there a second? I second. I already have a motion and a second to approve the minutes from January 11, 2024 and January 25, 2024. Madam Secretary, roll call, please. Yes, Commissioner Bass. Yes, on the 11th, abstain on the 25th. Okay, noted. Commissioner Kirpies. Aye. Commissioner Martz. Aye, on the 11th, abstain on the 25th. Noted. Commissioner Rory. Aye. Commissioner Topshin. Aye. Vice Chair Moore. Aye. And Chair Wright. Aye. Motion passes. Item number six on the agenda is public comment. Madam Secretary, do we have any public commenters? No public comments. Okay. Well, public, if you're watching from home, you still have time to get down <laughs> if you want to make a public comment. Uh, item number seven is the manager's report. Our acting rent stabilization manager, Gloria Vilas, will um, review the look-ahead calendar for us. 
Good evening, Chair Wright and Commissioners. I'm uh, very, very happy to be here since we missed our last meeting. Um, they withdrew those appeals, so we weren't able to meet, and I really look forward to seeing you guys. So <laughs> I was a little sad, but I'm glad we're here today. Uh, we do have on the look-ahead calendar, tonight will be an appeal for DK 4794. At our March 14th meeting, we will have two appeals um, and a presentation on the Justice for Renters Act. I believe Hernan Molina will be also here to give us some more information about the act in case questions come up. And then on the March 28th meeting, we will be having another appeal. That's it. Wonderful. Um, and we had an amazing time last, last meeting. Um, with you know, playing a game, cahoots, et cetera. So um, I believe we did attach those, the, the questions, et cetera. So if the public wants to see what questions we went over in the answers uh, or uh, the commissioners that weren't able to make it, you do have that opportunity. They were really good questions and provided some really great insight. Um, item number eight on the agenda is, oh, go ahead. One question. Um, I think it was between now and the last meeting that we received our uh, uh, for those of us in the rent stabilized units anyway, we received our, our newsletter. Um, and I think, uh, is there any way to, we, the city doesn't have any idea as to who requests from their landlords in that process the, the interest payments, correct? That's really a, just between the landlord and tenant um, conversation with, with the use of that form. Yeah, I believe the actual form has an option for the the landlord to send it to the tenant and say, one, here's your check, or two, you could deduct it from your upcoming rent. Or the tenant can also use the same letter and say, hey, uh, since you didn't pay me by the 31st of January, I'm deducting it from my rent. So the, uh, the form is available at City Hall. I believe we would normally send it with this with the newsletter. I don't think we included it this time. Yeah, it was. Did in, we? Yeah. yeah. So both line. tenant and the landlord can use it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my question is, um, so on on the form, uh, it's a little bit vague and or it's a little bit confusing in that it says that uh, you have basically you have until it makes it sound like you only have until the end of February to resolve this, but really there is no deadline, right? No, uh, if it's within that year that it's uh, applicable, then they can Okay. They can do that. And then I was I just happened to be at City Hall today to pay a traffic ticket or not a traffic ticket, but a parking ticket. Um, and I happened to be there and I was looking is it possible to put those forms um, available there on the first floor with the other rent stabilization forms? The just, security deposit interest? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I, I just don't think many people know about it in the city for because of so many years of it being sure. zero. Thank you. Are there any more questions for um, staff? All right, moving on to item number eight on the, uh, which is the appeal. Uh, the appeal is set forth as D4794. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do we have a representative for the tenant and the landlord? Neither the tenant or the landlord have checked in, but they both confirmed attendance. And they both uh, confirmed in person or via Zoom? In person. In person attendance. Mm -hmm. All right. Do we? Yes. Say, do we table and just go through the other items and then come back? So there's a well. It's a couple things. One is there's no requirement that the parties be present, so the commission is free to go forward with it. Um, the commission could continue the item to another hearing if they felt that they actually needed the parties to resolve this um, um, appeal. 
Um, or if you wanted to go through the rest of the agenda and move this to the very end, then somebody could just make a motion to move um, the appeal to the end of the meeting and then take all the other items. Okay, got it. There's not a, not a ton. I was looking, not a ton unless there are a bunch of items from commissioners. Uh, someone just walked in, so we'll see what happens there. But as, as we're waiting for that to happen, I think we can start thinking about whether we want to proceed without the parties or... I don't mind proceeding without the parties, but I would move that we move our one item public con or our commission comments forward versus by an extra couple minutes. I don't know. Got it. Okay. Uh, the landlord is present. Okay. The landlord's present. Uh, the tenant, uh, the appellant still hasn't, hasn't appeared. No. Okay. Um, um, were there any other suggestions or ideas of how we want to proceed? Since we have the landlord's presence, we can just move on. Okay. All right, I, I agree with that. So we do have the landlord present, um, so we can proceed with uh, testimony from the landlord. Uh, but first, we will hear the staff report from our legal, from, from our legal counsel, <laughs> Jonathan Natalizio. Uh, thanks, Chair and uh, Vice Chair and uh, Commission. Uh, good evening uh, to the public. My name is John Natalizio. I'm the legal counsel to the uh, Rent Civilization Commission for the City of West Hollywood. Um, and this appeal hearing tonight uh, results from a hearing examiner's decision denying a rent reduction application for issues relating to restoring use of a in-unit washer and in-unit dryer. Uh, the decision's basis for denying the rent decrease is that the washer and dryer were not a housing service um, which was provided by the landlord and that tenant had failed to meet um, her burden um, of proving that by a preponderance of the evidence. Um, and tenant did file the appeal, which claims that the decision is clearly an error and is not reasonably supported by the findings made or evidence in the record. Um, staff finds that there is substantial evidence that reasonably supports the hearing examiner's decision, is credible and of solid value, and staff believes that a reasonable fact finder could come to the same conclusion, even if there's contrary evidence in that record. Uh, other than tenant's testimony, staff didn't find that there was, or staff found that there was nothing in the record to support the in-unit washer and dryer were a landlord-provided housing service, um, and that the hearing examiner considered this testimony already and deemed it was insufficient to meet her burden in light of other facts and evidence. And so staff finds that there isn't a basis to disturb this determination. Um, staff recommends adopting resolution RSC 24-644. Uh, you as the commission have the power to affirm, reverse, modify, or remand the appeal decision to the hearing examiner. Um, the commission reviews the hearing examiner's decision under the substantial evidence standard, which requires the commission to make sure there is substantial evidence that reasonably supports the hearing examiner's decision, is credible and of solid value. If that evidence is found, then the decision must be upheld, even if there is also evidence that could support a different outcome. The commission does not substitute its judgment for that of the hearing examiner or reweigh the evidence. And as it relates to questions of law, uh, the commission applies an independent standard of review. Thank you. Are there any questions for staff yet? Commissioner Topchin? Thank you, Chair. Uh, good evening, uh, Mr. Natalizio. There is a registration form in our packet dated August 10, I believe it's 2025, that um, the laundry facilities box is checked. Although this is from a later time, 2025, but I wonder if, uh, if uh, the uh, 
hearing examiner uh, consider this uh, registration form? Did give any weight to this form and why, why this form checks the uh, laundry facilities? Do you, do you know anything about it? Or we should ask the landlord. Are, are you looking at, um, in terms of our packet, what bait stamp number? I think the page uh, 54 of, of our packet. I am, I'm on page 58 of at least the PDF. Um, I don't see a bait stamp, sorry. Um, but it's right after the it's right registration after, form. Oh, the the, I'm oh, the packet we have page 53 is um, the document titled Unit Slash Building Services Report, and the next um, next page I assume that would be number 55 the 54. It's the uh, city's uh, rent civilization registration form. Oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah. So just as a point of clarification, this is the initial registration form that would have been submitted uh, back in 1985 when landlords were required to register the property. And what we look at as laundry facilities is an actual facility, meaning there's a laundry room that has a washer and a dryer that the entire, uh, the all the tenants have access to. That's what we mean by laundry facilities. Um, if it was an any unit, dryer and washer, it would indicate that. But for the purposes of this form, the laundry facilities means there was a room that was considered a laundry that all the tenants had access to. So meaning uh, the laundry facilities uh, references to the common area laundry facilities. That's correct. And there, is there a common area laundry facilities in the building? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure uh, what the common area, the but I will say um, if you go to the page below that, it's the second page of the registration form, and there's specifically a washer and unit, dryer and unit check that if there was going to be, that's what would be selected I see. to that's help what, clarify. Okay, I, I, that's the page the examiner looked into. But, but I, you know, I would like the landlord to respond to the question about the registration form. Thank you, sir. Nothing further. Any other questions from commissioners? Um, I have a, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I share more. Sorry, I need to get back to my page. Um, just why was there so much time um, in between when the appeal was filed on September 28th, 2023, and the hearing? Is there a reason for that? In this, in terms of this, this hearing, or yeah. in terms of the actual hearing? This hearing, because it's usually just, I feel like closer. It's just a issue of when we're able to get to it. When, when there's okay. kind of more complicated cases, it takes longer, and so okay. it's just, that's kind of the only factor. Okay, thank you. Um, I had a question about, um, the Bates number is 51. It's marked as Exhibit 6. It's titled Estoppel Certificate. It's dated December 1, 2015. So I looked up the code section at the bottom, um, RSO 17.52.010 um, subpart 6, and it looks like this form is generally submitted um, when the landlord doesn't want to renew the tenant's lease and there's an actual, like, a reason why. Um, and then, and so sort of read, you know, why the tenant would submit this form. So it looks signed, dated by the tenant December 1, 2015. And then for number six, do you have it before I continue? Okay. I have it open. Okay, perfect. And so for item number six, 
it says the original lease has not been modified except as follows and it says increase three percent every year except one since nineteen ninety eight security deposit to i think it says remove washing machine do we have any other context regarding this exhibit so my understanding is that stuffle certificates are usually utilized when a new property owner is going to purchase the building and they have the tenants fill out these estoppel certificates so they can assess risk and be able to determine profitability. It's a tool for the prospective um, property owner in evaluating. Um, that's, that's my experience with estoppel certificates in this context, um, but I do, see, I do see that line. And other than that, I'm not sure. Did did reading this sentence like sort of weigh at all on the the staff report sort of regarding you know who knew what when regarding you know that the washing machine was in the apartment um, and sort of when it was like placed? I guess it, did, did this affect at all the the staff report regarding uh, the washing machine? So I I did see this and. Um, I know I believe that the hearing examiner did as well. Um, you know, in my staff report, I referenced that. Um, you know, in in reviewing it, I still think that the evidence in the record could reasonably support what the hearing examiner came to. I think this is an example of um, kind of when I read my staff report and what I put. I'm uh, sorry, when I give my oral report and what I put in the staff report, which is there is evidence, you know, in records which can support different outcomes. Um, but that isn't determinative of whether or not um, substantial evidence could be could could or not, could not be met. But to answer your question directly, um, yes, I mean the fact that this is in an estoppel certificate from 2015 can lend it to what you're saying. But at least this didn't change my opinion. Okay, thank you. I also have another comment, just so that you guys know, just as um, John Natalizio mentioned, uh, that this is used when there's a prospective buyer. Um, we see it more often when the prospective buyer doesn't have a lease. So this is what they now base new information. So if the prospective buyer sees that there is no lease agreements available for them on a particular unit, then they would request this estoppel certificate so that they know what was being provided at the time of the tenancy by the, when they took over the property. And this is not filled out by the property owner. This is filled out by the tenant and signed by the tenant. So it's what the tenant is reporting. It's not something that the previous landlord filled out for them or anything like that. Got it, thank you. Uh, are there any more questions for staff? No questions, just a comment, Chair. The tenant is now present. Alrighty, uh, good evening, welcome. Uh, we are just now getting to the hearing part of the, uh, of our, of the appeal. And so the rules for the appellant, who is the landlord this evening, um, and for the respondent, who's going to be the... Oh, did I say landlord? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the appellant is the tenant this evening, and the respondent uh, being the landlord. So you, the tenant will speak first. You will have five minutes. You can divide your time into two segments, so you can present your case and then 
Um, you can also do a rebuttal. You can take it all at once. You can divide it how you want to. Just let me know how you want to divide your time, if at all, when you come to the podium. The landlord will have five minutes to speak. Um, it will be one segment. It's not um, divisible. When it's your turn to speak, please state your name and your city of residence for the record. And then proceed with your comments. And just some pointers, please stay on topic. So the only issues that we can make decisions on this evening are the issues that are on appeal before us. And so please make sure that your pr presentation of your case and your rebuttal um, are on the points that we can actually make a decision on this evening. And so for now, I will ask the tenant to please come to the podium. Um, you can adjust the mic, so make sure we can hear you. And then state your name and city of residence. And then let me know how you want to divide your time. Hello, I'm Christine Prejean. I live at 8359 Rosewood in West Hollywood. Okay, and how would you like to divide your time? You have five minutes. You can. Oh, yeah, three, th maybe three minutes for the presentation and then a little time, two minutes after. Okay, perfect. Three and two, thank you. And you can begin when, you, when you're ready. Okay, uh, um, I don't know what order I should mention all this in, but there was a private meeting between the owners and uh, the hearing examiner to which I wasn't, not that I wasn't invited, I was particularly excluded before the meeting, I got there early and I was waiting in the lobby and someone came out and said, time for the meeting. And I walked up there and the landlord's representatives went up there and, and then they got there faster, I'm a little slow. And then they said, no, you're not to go in yet, which I thought was a little odd at the time, but I've since spoken to someone that that was pretty much inappropriate. And uh, after the meeting, they stayed and I wasn't invited. Um, okay, that was one point. Uh, the other point that was mentioned in the uh, hearing examiner uh, comment, there was never any uh, determination that my washer and dryer connection um, is not within code because I, I don't think anybody ever inspected it and I certainly wasn't informed of it, and then, so I would wonder what it would take to bring the hookups, you know, the connections up to code, and can't be that costly. Um, I'm not, I don't particularly need the, um, the rent reduction. I just want my washer and dryer back. Um, the other point is that the mold and mildew is still growing in my neighbor's apartment and in the hallway the, uh, between mine and hers. And uh, my washer has been disconnected since February, 
actually 22nd of 2000, last year, 23. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little out of breath. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, there, were, there were a number of errors in the hearing examiner's report, and I pretty much get it that um, by the legal definition, my washer and dryer was not housing services. The landlord, the previous landlord, when I first signed, shortly after I moved in, which was um, 24 years before all this started, um, the previous landlord at that time put in the connections and I got the washer and dryer. I, I'm, I've already got the washer and dryer. All I need are to have it reconnected. And uh, the primary, the, the hearing examiner. Ma'am, that's your three minutes. You can continue going. I just, we just wanted to check in and let you know that you're at three minutes now. I'm sorry, oh, it's five. You're at three, you still have three. two, okay. but if you want to save it, you can, or you can continue and then whatever's well, left over. I just have over. one more sentence. Okay, go for uh, it. The hearing examiner uh, deduced that uh, the landlord would not have installed it that way, which he did, and uh, that there would be no reason to do that. And so he's like interpreting what my landlord thought 20 years ago. And, uh, but he did say he just wanted to make it easy to remove the washer and dryer connections for the next tenant. And that's the reason that I want, I would like the washer and dryer to be reconnected. Okay, uh, thank you. Um, just stay at the podium for a moment. The commissioners may have questions for you. Who, oh. Just curious as to, uh, was there a reason you were unable to provide testimony at, uh, I'm sorry, provide evidence other than uh, your own statements, like because at the hearing, did, did you consider talking to the landlord, the previous landlord? Yeah, the, because the previous landlord never wrote anything up about it. I didn't ask, I didn't think, he thought it was okay just to put in the, the hookups, and I, I didn't know that I was supposed to ask for things in writing, and that was, a long time ago, and he was kind of elderly at the time, and I, I didn't call his family. Okay, thank you. For that reason. Any other questions? Yeah, I do have a question. Um, were you responsible for all of the repairs and oh, the yeah. maintenance and the upkeep? I was, yeah. And I, as far as evidence that the washer and dryer was there, I have repair or at least one repair bill prior to the current landlords having purchased the property. Got it. So did a landlord, I know you've gone through quite a few since you've, uh, since you've been there, did a landlord ever make any maintenance or repairs or do sort of any upkeep on the washers and dryers since they've been in the apartment? Did he make repairs? No. N never? Okay. Um, and then is there a, a book there, one of the, okay. Um, can you can you assist her potentially in turning to page fifty one? I'm sorry. 
Oh, oh. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, sure. Sure. I have a pen. Oh, okay. Got it. So on page 51, you're looking at the estoppel certificate. Um, at the bottom, um, looks like that's your signature dated December 1, 2015. Do you see that? Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then further up on the page, item number six, it says the original lease has not been modified except as follows. Do you see that sentence? Yep. And then after that, it says security deposit to remove washing machine. Yes. Do you recall what, like, can you give us some context as to like what that meant? Like, did you lose oh, your yeah. security I, deposit? What was going on? I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, I, I gave the previous landlord or like three previous landlords ago, $100 so he could reconnect it the way it was, and he just kept it. I mean, it was a deposit, a security deposit for that purpose. It wasn't part of my, I don't think it was part of my original security deposit, which I think it was, I don't know, I can't remember. It might have been refunded, it was a long time ago. Okay, got it. So it sounds like you're saying that you paid a deposit um, and then did you pay an additional deposit to have the washing machine put in? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, I gave him an additional $100 because that's what he said it would cost to unhook the hookups and put it back with, for the shower that was there in the first place. The shower has a drain, so that's why we put the washer in that location. I, I, it has two bathrooms and I didn't really need two bathrooms. I mean, I, it, ha, it still has two bathrooms. It just on, only has, it's like a one and a half bath. Got it. And then just one more question for you. Um, can you turn to page 50? Oh, 50 something a month for water use. He wanted me to pay a little extra every month uh, because he said the washer would use extra water, which I did. Got it. Uh, page 57. I don't know where, I remember doing it, but I don't know. Well, you guys have all, everything in good order. Uh, I see, re-registration, yeah. Got it. So, so yeah, you're looking at the re-registration form that was filed with the city um, February 22, 2019. Do you recall what portions of this form you completed? It looks like your signature is about halfway down on the page. Yep. And so I'm wondering, did you fill out everything that's above that? Do you recall? Yes. Okay. Signature of new tenant, but I didn't do anything below that. And is there a reason why you didn't check um, the in-unit washer and in-unit dryer on this form? Oh, I guess, I don't know. I, I don't know, I didn't notice it. Uh, is it on there? Uh, yes, ma'am, it's in one of the, it's in like the column above the P in your last name. Ah. Oh, in-unit, oh. I didn't see it, I'm sorry. Okay, Okay. no worries. Um, 
I don't think there are any more questions. Um, so what we'll have you do now, we'll have you, oh, uh, Vice Chair Moore does have a question. Um, Diane, if you don't mind helping her, on page 37, um, there's a receipt. It's just a little bit hard for me to read because it's very small, but I believe that it has your signature on it, um, and I believe that it's uh, for service repairs. Oh, yeah. That's the receipt That's that I brought. That's the receipt. And so, so you paid for all of the repairs, just to be clear. I'm sorry? You paid for all of the repairs? Yeah, I, evidently that nothing broke in all that time except this one repair, I think it was to the dryer. Okay, thank you. And that, the, on the opposite page, that's a picture of it, which is, it's not that attractive, but I didn't care. I needed a washing machine so I could, you know, do my laundry. Are there any additional questions? Okay. Seeing none from the commissioners, I'll have you take a seat. The landlord will then come. He'll have five minutes, and then you'll have the remaining time, which is... Okay. Gins okay. Sorry. <laughs> you'll have one minute and 20 seconds for your rebuttal. Uh, yeah, if I after have a the, question or... After the landlord. Agreement or whatever. Okay. Thank I'll you. I'll have the landlord or the representative uh, come to the podium. I should leave this here? Yes, ma'am. Just state your name, city of residence, and then you can begin. Good evening, commissioners. My name is Nick Hilaris, and I live in West Hollywood. Uh, thank you for your service to the city. I don't have much to add to this matter, just maybe want to just provide some context and then open it up for questions, if there are any. The, what happened in this case is we discovered that there was this laundry machine. There was both a washing machine and a dryer. And unfortunately, they were installed in such a manner that they were completely unsafe. And so it's sort of our fiduciary and legal responsibility to make sure that those kind of conditions don't continue. And so it's not like we came into this situation attempting to remove this laundry machine that apparently had been there for quite some time. And I'm sympathetic to the needs of Ms. Prejean to have an in-unit washer and dryer, and I would love to make it happen, but it's to do it to code in this environment is, is a significant expense, and so we just, we don't, have, we don't have the resources in this building to do that. So, unfortunately, that's how we ended up in this situation. Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Topchin. Yes, hi. Uh, good evening, sir. Um, a quick one, actually. I had a question about the registration form, but I think it's clear to me. Uh, is there laundry, uh, common area laundry facilities in the, in the building, on the premises? Yes, there are. There are. And uh, how many machines? I just wonder. I, I don't know for sure. I okay. think it's just one in one, one okay. wall. It's only an eight-unit building. And that the uh, that uh, facility is accessible for everyone, right, including uh, the ten of record, Ms. Perjan. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. I just wanted to know that. Thank you. Just a couple of questions. Um, can you remind me when you purchased the building? I believe it was sort of late either 2017 or 2018. Okay, and did, in, had you seen the Gestapo, or the, you asked for the Gestapo form, right? I don't know how I'm saying, if I'm saying it right, but, um, and did you review those um, when you received them, or did that raise an alarm to you at all when you saw that, or the Washington? I don't honestly recall. Okay. Yeah, we, we do look at, we do request the Gestapo's 
when we purchase properties like this that where it's difficult to get the leases and we review them. But I don't remember even thinking about it. The first time I sort of personally had knowledge of this washer and dryer was a, you know, just over a year ago when, when we were starting to get complaints about uh, leaks and mold in an adjacent unit. Mm -hmm. And as our property management team went to look at it, they discovered that there was this improperly installed washing machine inside of a shower. And partly how this sounds like that was pretty quickly. You, you, you investigated what the complaints were coming, what was causing the complaints, and then you figured out that it was potentially the washer and dryer, and you know, then you, you notified the tenant. I mean, did it happen pretty quickly, or how, how much time did it? Did I believe it happened very quickly okay. because when we, when we went, when our property manager went in to look, we discovered that the, the more alarming piece of it is that there was a dryer that was on the balcony. And so the, these dryers are connected to gas, and no, I understand. gas yeah. can leak, and you can get serious consequences if it goes in the wrong direction or, or has a malfunction. And so that was the most alarming part. So we immediately notified the tenant to you know, turn it off. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Was there ever was there ever discussion of how to make the connection sort of safe um, as is? Um, it seems that she's, you know, had it for 20 years, and so I'm wondering. If, I assume nothing's happened in this time. I, I know it's, it's not a, on the record, but I'm just curious if there was sort of any discussions about sort of bringing it, making it usable, or sort of meeting whatever requirements the repair folks sort of told you beyond sort of rebuilding an entire um, laundry facility in their apartment. Yeah, we we. Even had a contractor come look and bid at bid it, and and I don't remember the exact number, but the bid we got was like twelve or fifteen thousand dollars to to get it done. I'm actually open to it. I would still do it if we could get it done for a reasonable price. I don't know how you would just based on the the way the unit's set up, but I'm open to that. I don't feel like it should be our responsibility just because we didn't, uh, you know, we don't provide laundry services for everybody else. But I'm I'm completely willing to allow that to happen if it's done by a licensed contractor and it's done per the city codes. Got it. And it's your understanding that in the current state it is, it violates some health or some health codes or some city codes? Yes. Okay. Have you shared that with the, with the tenant by any chance? I think in the original correspondence that we had with her, we did, but I can't really completely confirm that right now. Okay, and then has the mold issue been resolved, or is, is it mold still appearing in the adjacent apartment? As far as I knew, up until just a few minutes ago when Ms. Prejean was speaking, I, th we, I thought it was resolved. I hadn't heard anything from the neighboring tenant who brought it up originally, so we were under the impression that it was solved, but it sounds like it may not be, so we'll have to look into that. Okay, got it. And there's a, there's a book in front of you. Can you turn to page 47? It's a, it'll be a small, small number on the bottom of the page. It's one of the Bates numbers. Yep. So this is, is this an invoice that you submitted to the um, hearing officer? Yes. And this is regarding the adjacent unit number six? Yes. Okay, so in the description, the last line, it. You know, it says apartment maintenance number six, patch and paint where wall heater was removed. Was, did anyone ever, 
I guess let me start over. So, so there was a wall heater in that unit. Was it sort of in the same area that the mold issue has like arose, or was it somewhere else in that unit? I actually can't speak to that. I'm not sure what, where that wall heater was, or whether it was removed as a result of the mold, or mold, or maybe it had been removed years ago and and relocated. I actually don't know. Okay. And did the contractors indicate that the the mold that it I guess occurred in apartment number six was due to anything else? So when when you uh, try to identify the source of mold, it's kind of a tricky exercise because who knows, you kind of have to open up walls. It was the best guess of the contractors and our team that it was coming from a different location. And they sort of traced it back by looking at the, the wood and the evidence of any water. And that's how they traced it back to Mrs. Prejean's unit. Okay, got it. And then were there any complaints up on the apartment below her that there was leaking from sort of from the ceiling down? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, so it was just the apartment that was next to her, not the one below her? Yes. Okay, got it. And then looking at page 42, it's exhibit two, I believe it's the exhibit that you submitted. It's the, it says like dryer vent, and it's got that sort of black thing over that patio. Is that screen, is that see-through, or is that blacked out? I think that's just a really bad picture. I'm pretty sure that's just a screen. Like a trans, like transparent screen, or? Yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've been there personally. I, I can't say for sure, but. And is apartment number five, is it off of the main street? Is it off of Rosewood, or is it on the back side or on the side of one of the building, of the building? If I remember right, this unit is on King's. So the property is basically on the, the corner of Kings and Rosewood. So Rosewood is most of the property, but this property I think faces Kings, or this particular unit faces Kings. Got it. invisible from the street. Okay. Are there any more questions? Okay. Uh, all right, thank you. Um, I will have the tenant return to the podium. You have a minute and 20 seconds left. washer and dryer, and the washer on the balcony, the electrical was there when I moved in, and the, the dryer connection was put in with, for my dryer, and it's a common wall between the balcony and the kitchen. So I, that's where the connections, it's not like they're just randomly wandering through the apartment with the gas lines, and um, the mold is continuing to grow in the hallway between my apartment and the neighbors, and 
my neighbor as well still has a big orange spot and it's getting bigger. Uh, yeah, dryer connections in the common wall, mold continuing to grow. Um, oh, and I, I don't know if this is relevant, but I understand, you know, it's possible that you won't be able to get my washer and dryer reconnected. Uh, and I, I will apply for a 504 accommodation, disability accommodation from the American Disabilities Association. And uh, that, that type of thing doesn't say it can only be the same as every other apartment. It, it specifically says that an apartment that has a disability accommodation can be different from all the other apartments because of... So you're at time, but go ahead and finish your statement and then we'll, um, we'll have to conclude it. Okay. But finish your, your sentence, please. Uh, I'm sorry, what? I was saying, go ahead and finish saying what you were saying. Oh, okay. Well, that's it. I just, um, it, it, uh, I'm sorry. I'm having a little difficulty breathing today. Um, it, it, the fact that other apartments don't have a connection in the apartment doesn't mean that it can't have it. And it doesn't cost $12,000 to put in the washer and dryer connection. Uh, it may reasonably need to be updated, but they don't need to rip out the whole bathroom and put it in again or turn it into specifically only a laundry room. Okay. It can be the way it is. Thank you. Um, are there additional questions for the tenant? All right, thank you. Um, you can take a seat. Um, we're going to uh, discuss the case and deliberate and sort of make a decision, but you're free to sort of stick around while we do that. Um, I'm sorry? Oh, no, I was saying question? You, you can sit down. No, we don't have any questions. Okay. Thank you. Okay, if the commissioners are ready to deliberate, I will go ahead and close the public hearing on this item. Um, and if there are any volunteers for who would like to kick us off, um, jump in. I, I'd like to just say that this is a difficult one because I, I certainly see the need uh, for a washer and dryer in unit for mobility issues. And uh, I've heard the tenant on that and um, you know, I have sympathy for that and, and would like to call out, I'm not an attorney and I have not followed this legislation closely enough to speak much about it, but the new state law that allows tenants to move to the lower floors and the landlords to allow that if, if uh, there's a mobility issue. Um, so that, that is an option on the table, uh, regardless of what this uh, commission decides. Um, so our, our role here is not to reweigh the evidence. So the hearing examiner makes a decision. And our role is essentially, as I understand it as a non-attorney, is to determine whether a reasonable person in the hearing examiner's shoes could have come to that decision. So I look at the estoppel certificate from 2015 that says there was 
a reference to washer and dryer, but then I see the re-registration form in 2019 that says that there was not, and um, testimony from two people kind of saying it was from the landlord, it was not. And at that point in time, it's kind of a 50-50, and regardless of where I would come down on that, um, and, and I'm not sure that I would have come down to the same position as the hearing examiner, we don't get to make that decision here. We get to decide, would a reasonable person make that decision? And I, I believe, even if I disagree with it, that a reasonable person would. So for that reason, I'll be supporting staff's recommendation. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Chair. Um, I'll try to be quick. So clearly, I'm sympathetic to the tenant and, and the fact that the tenant is losing the um, su such, a, su such an important service, uh, which is washer and dryer in the unit, which is very significant service, uh, in, uh, especially in the rent control apartment in the city of West Hollywood. So now, there's, there's no question about it, the impact that the tenant uh, will have um, the tenancy without the um, washer and dryer in the unit. And, and I have to say this also, uh, considering that the, the, the uh, washer and dryer were in the unit for such a long period of time, uh, but over two decades, it's hard to believe that a landlord or landlords uh, before, they had no idea that there was a washer and dryer in the unit. So um, there is no way somebody can convince me that the landlord or landlords did not have any knowledge of it. Uh, and when I look at the, at the photographs, photographic evidence presented to this case, the extent to which the work had, uh, was done to alter the area in order to put these uh, appliances, clearly, in my, in my opinion, uh, this type of work could have, could have not been done without the landlord be, having, having a knowledge or even helping to do this. So that's my opinion. However, we heard tonight there was not a single evidence that would substantiate that proof or that uh, any evidence, any proof that any landlord had knowledge or uh, permitted um, installation of this washer and dryer in the unit. And the tenant um, herself testified tonight that, you know, uh, to the fact that there was no nothing, not a single document. Obviously, 25 years ago, there was no email, maybe, or text um, um, a communication, that type of communication with the landlord. So these days, it would be easy. You know, you text the landlord, and he responds, there is a proof. But at the time, there was nothing in writing. There is no proof, as, um, as the commissioner Abbas mentioned also, the re-registration unit, I mean, re-registration form, specifically uh, those boxes that mentioned in-unit washer, in-unit dryer, they're unchecked. And that is something that we cannot ignore. Um, so having said that, uh, I would, I would, I, I have no choice but to support the staff's recommendation um, because um, the record before us shows that the examiner didn't err um, in the findings in this case. So I'm going, I'm prepared to uh, support the uh, 
recommendation from the staff. Thank you. Commissioner Marks. Yes, um, I will be brief on my comments because Commissioner Bass said it exactly how I would say it. Um, and I don't think you need to ever preface and to get preface again that you're not a lawyer because you do you do great. So um, what I would like to clarify is for the parties here is we are very restricted on what we have the power to do. We're I call the hearing examiner a baby court and we're a baby appeals court. Um, and so our job is to look at what the hearing examiner decided and to decide in layman's terms if they did it right or wrong. Um, and for us to overturn them is a pretty big step to get to. And what Commissioner Bass said, which I agree with, is the record that was created by the hearing examiner, um, there's substantial evidence before us to agree that they made the correct decision um, with the evidence they have. Um, like you said, had we been making that decision, it might have gone either way because this is a very close case. Um, I'm gonna support the hearing examiner's decision and uphold it. Um, what I would say to all the parties here is you can refile if, and, and like you said, it's a long time ago, but if there was something more to convince us that this landlord had actually been involved in this process, whether it's a handyman that helped, if there's other things, you know, even one or two scraps of paper might have swayed me here to go the other way. So um, that's, that's what we were looking for in this case. Those are just not there because both of the parties kind of had equal weights of what they were saying and to overturn we would need one side to be heavier than the other. So those are my comments. Commissioner Kirpies. Sure. So I will agree with um, uh, the hearing examiner's determination as well. Um, but the reason I have no, um, other than just not liking how it's turning out, I, there, there's no reason, I don't have any um, conflicts with the, the facts here. I, I think it's, there's no dispute that um, the landlord in, in the past knew and helped you put that in. I, there's, no, there's no dispute there. But I don't, I agree with the hearing examiner in that there was no service lost. Um, this was a um, situation where the tenant paid for the, the prop, or paid for the items being installed. Um, they paid for all the maintenance throughout the years, even put a deposit down to say, when I leave, this is coming with me, or this will pay for your expenses in removing the, the adapters. Um, so, other than the fact that being there uh, and being allowed to be used, uh, I don't see where, uh, and, and I don't think that the allowance to, from what I've heard tonight and from what I've read here, there's, there was no denial of allowance of using um, properly fitting devices. Um, this is not a situation where, you know, they got, the city said, you can't use that parking spot anymore, it's not safe to park there, and the landlord took it away. Commissioner, can the, you speak into your mic? Oh, sorry. Thank you. Uh, there's the, then the landlord took it away. This is a situation where the items that the tenant owns um, are not safe to use. But if there were a way for safer items to be used in that same purpose and safely, the landlord does not seem to be objecting to that. And um, I know that's a huge expense for the tenant, but it sounds like they're in a situation where the landlord is willing to work with them on that. So. That's where I, that's my reason, but I do agree with most of the things that were said. Thank you. Um, 
Vice Chair Moore. Uh, this is a tough one for me too. Um, I, I really was trying to find substantial evidence um, to prove that this was a housing service that was removed and I was not able to find that. One, the unit's re-registration form did not select in-unit washer-dryer as part of a housing service. Um, and I understand that you did sign that uh, dated February 19, 2022. Um, there's also no evidence to show that the installation was paid for by previous landlords. Um, so uh, so uh, I, I, I'm very sympathetic to not, to having this being taken away from you. Um, and I wish that there was something that we could do, but as commissioners, we don't have that power, so. I will also um, agree, I also agree with staff's recommendation to uh, uphold um, the hearing examiner's decision. Commissioner Rory. Chair Wright, could I go after you just because you asked so many good questions. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Okay, uh, sure thing. Um, so I think that where I started with this was looking at whether it was actually a housing service. And so I turned to the Municipal Code 17.08.010, um, uh, subsection 13, subsection 1, uh, that defines what housing services are for uh, the year that she began her tenancy, tenancy, tenancy there. Um, and so just in, in relevant part, it just says services provided by the landlord, um, and that includes ordinary repairs, replacements, and maintenance, um, as well as laundry facilities. And so, the services provided by, I think, is where I was curious to sort of like, well, what does that mean? You know, is it enough if the landlord um, helped install it, or would there have to have been an additional action or additional actions by the landlord in order to turn this tenant-installed washer and dryer into a housing service? And so I turned then to, um, to the Municipal Code 17.08.01, oh, sorry, 17.56.10, which is maintenance standards, um, and it sort of outlines what the landlords are responsible for. Um, A3 A is that units shall be maintained in accordance with all applicable building, housing, and health codes, and the pertinent part, B, all appliances provided by the landlord shall be maintained by the landlord, so they are in good working order, and so re read in tandem, those two um, uh, provisions in the code are essentially, you know, I interpret them to mean that if the landlord had provided those, uh, the washers and dryers, then they'd be responsible for maintaining those. But because the tenant provided it and the landlord didn't provide any additional maintenance to those, that there was really no way to convert that into a housing service. Um, and, you know, we got testimony from the, the tenant that said that she paid for all the repairs, she paid for all the upkeep, and so in, in my mind that shows there was no intent or even unintentionally where that somehow became a housing service because the landlord maintained those, um, um, those two appliances. Um, and so I think I'm certainly 
as my fellow commissioners have said, not satisfied with the outcome because, you know, the, the tenant did mention, you know, that it's not easy to go up and down the stairs with, um, with laundry, et cetera. Um, and so I, I'm hoping that, you know, if you haven't already to the tenant, you know, reach out to rent stabilization or permitting because it's been there for 20 years. I wonder if you're somehow grandfathered in, if they're, you know, just sort of seeing what the other options are. Um, and so, but even with that, because we, I can't define it as a housing service, um, I will uphold the hearing officer's um, decision. Uh, Commissioner Rory, uh, it's on you. Well, I, I just love that we come at this with all these different perspectives. Um, I think I'm probably, I'm definitely gonna support the resolution on the table. I wanted to share with my fellow commissioners my thinking a little bit on this, just maybe even, and for future references as well. To me, um, obviously I feel bad that a tenant doesn't have the washer and dryer anymore, but I was so struck by the code issues right away that I was um, immediately sympathetic to the landlord saying there's other people in the building that they have to protect and take care of. You have gas lines running through walls, you have electrical running through walls, you have exhaust. Um, so. And I guess maybe I come at kind of from like a facility standpoint, just from taking care of my own home and managing other buildings. To me, this was like, oh my gosh, you can't have a washer dryer and a shower. It just, you, you can't have that. But what it sparked to me, um, and something that we've encountered in some of our other hearings as well, is this issue that when you have a code violation, it can still be a loss of a housing service. Um, and that still, to me, is really hard to accept. I just want to be honest about that. Um, almost to the point where I would entertain future discussions about, I don't know, as a policy matter, whether this body could make any recommendations to council about this tension that I see. And we've seen it in a couple cases where there's a clear code violation and yet we're still debating whether there should be a rent reduction or not. And I get legally how right now the way it stands, even if there's like an egregious clear code violation, it could be a, a loss of a, of a housing service and we have to still consider that matter. But I, I really struggle with that one initially. Um, and I appreciate the landlord's just approach to all of this and, and what was said tonight. It was, this was clearly something he wants to work on, but there's a code issue. There's a cost issue. Um, and for me, I was never really in doubt how this was gonna, for me, how I was gonna vote. But I did wanna mention to everyone on this body this, this code issue and how that doesn't seem to matter for the loss of a housing service. But to me, if I'm the landlord and I'm thinking of all the other people in the building, th that's a tough one to say, you know, I, there still has to be a rent reduction even if there's something that's just so, you know, on its face, incorrectly done and a danger to other people that now we have to even go down this path of a rent reduction. And so that's how far I was on the other side of thinking this is just cut and dry. But that, I wanted to share my thinking on that. And, and I, saw the seat, I, I saw the through line to other appeals that we've had and on, this, on the same top, uh, the same tension. Um. I think I, 
I appreciate you sharing that, um, and also the violation part. I think I watched at least two of our prior meetings trying to find the one where that came up, and I, I didn't, so I'm happy you said it, because I thought I was going crazy for a minute there. Um, so thanks for, for this, thanks for that. I think the other question that I had, and I, maybe it doesn't sort of matter, but you mentioned it, um, was that we're sort of saying that it's a code violation, it's a code violation. Is it? I mean, there's no, I haven't seen proof that it is. I mean, I can look at it and say, I don't know that they would install it that way today, but I don't know that looking at it that I can infer that it is, and there was no, nothing in the record that said that it was. Um, so I, I was just curious of sort of, is that your just background and knowing like the code that you know that it is, or like what is that? I'm not a code inspector, but I, I'm speaking as almost like, in legal terms, I think it's almost like race ipsa. Like I look at that and certainly from a design and a product design standpoint, and an exhaust design standpoint, and an electrical design standpoint, and a gas design standpoint in a shower. You know, gas lines don't run through shower walls typically, so um, it's just, total lay opinion, but it's almost to the point of like race ipsa. Mm -hmm. And the other case that we were, that we had this issue that I remember, it was a, um, like a, an outdoor patio, I want to call it a bookcase, but it was a plant stand that was blocking an exit path for like a fire emergency. And there was the loss of that plant stand, and we were like, no, that's a housing service. And I was, I, I really struggled with that one too. I was like, but people have to leave if there's a fire, you know, and so what's the landlord supposed to do? But that's the, that's the one I remember. Right, awesome. Um, and just for, for sake of the record, the tenant testified that the gas line ran from the kitchen through a wall to the patio, um, not through the shower, but just, um, just for the record for that. Um, so it looks like we might be ready to make a decision. Um, fantastic. Uh, would anyone like to make a motion in regards to the appeal? I will do so. Um, I am going to make a motion to adopt resolution RSC number 24-644, a resolution of the Rent and Stabilization Commission of the City of West Hollywood affirming the hearing examiner's decision as to application number D-4794. Is there a second? Second. Uh, there's a motion and a second. Um, is there any further discussion on this item? Okay, seeing, uh, seeing no yeses on that. Madam Secretary, can we have a roll call, please? Yes, Commissioner Bass. Aye. Commissioner Kirpies. Aye. Commissioner Martz. Aye. Commissioner Rory. Aye. Commissioner Topshin. Aye. Vice Chair Moore. Aye. Chair Wright. Aye. Uh, motion passes. Uh, if the parties have further questions, you can reach the Rent Stabilization Division at 323-848-6450. Um, you can also uh, email at rsd at weho.org. The next item on the agenda is new and unfinished, is new business, which there are none. Item number 10 are items from staff. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what was said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, I was totally convinced. I was like, yeah, I said it was July, so I probably didn't. <laughs> 
Are there any items from staff? Uh, I'm trying to recuperate from that. Sure, right. <laughs> yes, um, I have a couple of announcements. Uh, the city clerk's office, city attorney, and communications department are conducting a mandatory training for appointed officials on February 29th at 6 p.m. in council chambers. The training will focus on California Public Records Act and the responsibility as appointed officials under the act. Social media as it, releases, as it relates to your role as an appoint, appointed official under the Brown Act will also be discussed as well as the city's media policy and who is designated to speak on behalf of the city. If you haven't let the city clerk know if you can attend, please do so as soon as possible. Similar to the code of conduct training, the city clerk's office will provide a way for you to make up the training if you're not able to attend. And the other announcement is uh, City of West Hollywood is inviting community um, members to a community open house to kick off the development of West Hollywood's next citywide strategic plan, WeHo 40, and on Saturday, March 12th, I'm sorry, on Saturday, March 2nd, 2024, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Kings Road Park. This free event will include a brief program, food and live entertainment. Stop by any point during the event to learn more about the project, to provide feedback, and to connect with fellow community members. Visit engage.weho.org backslash WeHo strategic plan to learn about the latest WeHo 40 updates and sign up for project-specific announcements. And also, um, for if you weren't able to attend the last study session that we had, I truly, truly recommend that you watch the uh, recorded session. Um, it was very informative. It was very fun. I believe we uh, we also included the video, right? That was that was shown, which was pretty entertaining. Um, we those of you that weren't here, we missed you very much because you guys are the life of the party. So. <laughs> And those, that's it with my announcements. I had a question about the mandatory training next week. Um, would there be food, and can we do it via Zoom? I will get back Separate to you questions. about that. <laughs> At the same time, yes. I, I will definitely email you about that. I'm not really sure what's going to be provided. but Okay. So if there's food, you won't be on Zoom? <laughs> I was hoping the food would be delivered to my home while I watched it on Zoom. <laughs> I'd like to know why the city is choosing our extra day of the year to have us all come to City Hall and <laughs> do this. But I won't be able to make it, but she already knows that. Okay. All right. Uh, any additional questions for staff? All right. Item number... 12 or items from commissioners? Sorry, uh, item number 11 is public comment. Are there any speakers uh, for public comment? No public speakers tonight. Alrighty, so no one came, okay. Uh, <laughs> item number 12 or items from commissioners? Right, Commissioner Topchin? Uh, yes, yeah, sure. Uh, since the resolution was already passed, so I just wanna um, take this time and make some comments about the, uh, uh, the discussion that um, Commissioner Rory brought up and uh, Commissioner Wright, you as well. Uh, 
regarding the housing services and the code violations. Um, this is a topic that I was very enthusiastic about uh, many years ago, and I advocated to uh, adopt uh, uh, adopt a regulation uh, that would be similar to what the city of Los Angeles currently has, uh, which is basically pretty much says that uh, any housing service that uh, was created, uh, it, it pretty much it says uh, rent reduction will be applicable uh, for those services that were created in violation of the law. So, and uh, in their cases, investigations, uh, instances such as this one, washer and dryer was created in violation of the law or there was a patio that was created in violation of the law, or let's say there was an illegal parking structure or garage that had to be demolished but was created in the violation of the law, and, and the tenants in those type of scenarios, they suffered a rent reduction, the department would pursue a rent decrease for those cases. Um, even when the, um, the inspectors of the same department would cite those uh, violations, so I think that, you know, this discussion, I really enjoyed um, listening to your comments. And I, uh, as I said, I advocated years ago, but it was different timing, different commissioners, different department, different council. So maybe um, this time around uh, would be a good idea to kind of say, I see the support of some of the commissioners, at least uh, during this discussion. So maybe bring this up again and have a discussion at the commission and maybe we can make a recommendation um, to adopt similar what the city of Los Angeles has, because uh, I believe that, you know, if LA ha has something like that, why the city of West Hollywood cannot? So that would conclude my comment. Thank you. Chair, just real quick to just maybe cut off anything, I just want to say to the extent that the commission wants to discuss this as a policy matter for, you know, even a potential recommendation um, to council, whether it's through a regulation amendment or code amendment, we can have that scheduled for a future meeting, but I just want to avoid a like, down-the-line discussion about, about this just because it's not agendized under the Brown Act. And so I, I, I would also think that members of the public would probably be interested to, to hear that discussion. So I know it's a very interesting topic, but I just wanted to get ahead of that. Thank you. Would it be helpful if we, um, if we passed a, a motion uh, to have this added to a future agenda? Or does it suffice that we've discussed it um, and sort of given direction in that way? I, th I think as long as the, the, sorry, the commission can just give direction to bring that back as a future item, and what we can do is we can have a discussion item on it seeking direction from the commission, and if the commission as a body wanted to um, pursue some sort of um, recommendation to council, whether again it is a regulatory amendment, then this could be like a multi-step process, but um, as this commission has had before, we've brought code amendments to you to review, comment on, and recommend to council, so that is an option. Okay, and I, I would add to that, if we can have the, I guess the LA, it sounds like LA has a similar policy, and maybe look what, at what Santa Monica is doing, so as part of that item, we can sort of review what's there for, as part of our discussion. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Bass? Two questions. Uh, First one is in regard to this that we're discussing now, the code, uh, uh, code violations. 
If we ask for something like that, how does it fit within staff's work plan? Because I understand that only uh, council and the city administrator or council through the city administrator can really alter staff's work plans. So I, I worry about asking for something that then staff doesn't have the authority to actually bring back to us. I'll be talking to the director and seeing if this would be something that could be added to our work plan. Um, I just need clarification because what I understood from Commissioner uh, Rory was that he was not in favor of allowing a reduction on the rent for a, a serious code violation. That's what I understood from Commissioner Rory, where from Commissioner uh, Topshin, he was saying the complete opposite. He was saying that if it is a code violation, there should be a rent reduction in place. So I just want clarification on what you guys want to bring forward to support the rent reduction for the code violation or to indicate that if it is a code violation, the tenant should not be entitled to the rent reduction. Since, since, I, since I'm already have my mic on, I will suggest uh, without offering an opinion one way or the other, based on legal counsel's advice, uh, we not continue that, that maybe an overarching discussion of what other cities do and what staff's position is on something like this might be the way to go. And then uh, we have seven very opinionated people here who will, at that time, and when it's properly noticed, let you know uh, beyond my two colleagues where they stand. Um, Duly and noted. Duly does, noted. Does that help? That's <laughs> yes, where it I'm does. at. Uh, so the second one is on the rent stabilization news, I really appreciated it, uh, but uh, where it starts out with the reduction of 5% or the 5% um, interest payments due in January. Is it late this year or is there some reason we're discussing, we're getting this in Mar or almost March? Yes, it uh, is late. Normally we either send it end of December, uh, early January. So landlords are aware that they have until the 31st to pay that interest rate. Um, but we lost a really important person in our staff, so it's kind of delayed a little bit of things, and we apologize for that. And, and I appreciate that. I just was <laughs> I was reading it and wondering why are we talking about this in yes. basically the, almost March. So good catch. Thank you. Uh, yeah, in part of that um, presentation that comes back to us regarding that, if we could, uh, I think it's it's very much connected, but also if we can include in that presentation, you know, not only the history of where we, where we are today on, in terms of uh, the uh, services versus um, code violations, but also um, kind of a, a, a focus that, um, a reminder that rent reductions are not, um, or rent reductions for services are not penalties, that they are, they are, they are you know, a, a value, issue not not um, punitive, I think is what I'm trying to think, think saying. And then also um, in that conversation about um, uh, making sure that the perspective of the landlord or the, the perspective of the tenant who makes an agreement when they, um, when they sign a lease somewhere of what their understanding of what their future holds and what they're paying, uh, because I think that that's sometimes lost in the battles that we see here. We forget what 10 years ago they signed up to pay rent for. Thank you. Oh, and I just really appreciate both the tenant and the landlord this evening. Um, the 
the courtesy that you showed each other, and um, this is a very uh, difficult issue, um, I can imagine. Um, so I appreciate the, the courtesy you've shown to each other and to, to us tonight. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to remind folks, uh, there are some really great events still going on this month in the city. Um, on Saturday, the 24th, from 2 to 3.30 here in Chambers, there's the Lesbian Speaker Series, uh, celebrating 35 years of black lesbian organizing in LA. And then also on the 26th, uh, from 6 to 7, the Coalition for Economic Survival, sorry, yeah, well, that's right, uh, Coalition for Economic Survival, um, with the city of West Hollywood's having a Know Your Rights Forum for tenants. Um, it's via Zoom, uh, and the link is on the city's uh, calendar. So, and that again, that's the 26th, um, six to seven for tenants to know your rights. Um, I believe that that will um, do it for this evening. Uh, the next meeting of the Rent Stabilization Commission will Here. be. I, I have one comment. Oh then. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Right, go, hit it, just jump in. <laughs> go ahead. Um, I wanted to echo Commissioner Kirby's comments. Tonight's, um, both the landlord and the tenant were probably the most civil that I've seen since I've been up here, and I just wanted to say that to you both. Thank you both for your professionalism and, and what you brought to the table. So I just, it's really refreshing. I wanted to say that. And on the item that um, Commissioner Bass kind of steered us to come back on. I wanted to be clear, I hadn't made up my mind one way or the other. I just wanted, I just struggle with this issue and it sounds like other people are interested in talking about it more. So I'm glad we're gonna possibly talk about it more in the future. Um, and I apologize for missing the study session, but I was out of town on work and I did um, view the video part of it and I'm gonna try to get through the rest of it and um, I'm sorry I wasn't there, but it was for a good reason, so I wanted that to know. And I will be at the um, study session at the end of the, or the, um, the mandatory um, training at the end of the month. Zoom or, no, Zoom or dinner or none. <laughs> All right, last but not least, um, this is going to be the second to last of my meetings. I will be resigning next, yeah. Um, not by choice, but because I'm joining Best, Best and Krieger, the law firm for West Hollywood, and that would be a conflict. So I will be working on the other side of the aisle on city matters. Um, but yeah, so this will be, next meeting will be my last one. It's a pretty good reason. At least you're still uh, giving some service to the city, except making a little more than 70 bucks a meeting now. So fantastic. <laughs> Alrighty, we are adjourning until our next meeting on March 14th. 2024 at 7 p.m. Same place, same time. Have a great evening.
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it. It became a rock and roll village, a community. But a few weeks later, his team called me and said, hey, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy. Uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit? And I thought, absolutely, let's do it. We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. special thing that we can do this in the middle of winter, bring the snow to people. I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time, but we know how important it is for people to spend time together, and it's really nice that we can do it in this way, so really happy to be here. It's so great to be here in West Hollywood hosting this conversation. We're home to such a diverse community with intersectional voices and our amazing poet laureate Jen Chang put this incredible program together and that's why we're here in West Hollywood because the rainbow is as diverse as our community and it's great to be here together. remembering our history we're remembering to talk about stories we might not have learned about in school and especially with the climate of book bans and 
things being suppressed or not being heard, it's more important today than ever to really share stories. Many folks behind the doors encouraging the front leaders to move forward because when you're in front, you get judged and you get, and you get criticized. But more they come and build challenge states of lie and knowing what is seen, what is moving, there is no destroying. excited to be here today. We're having really important discussions about civil rights, both the history, but how this affects us in this current moment in time, and coming together with community and through the lens of the arts to have important dialogue like this. I think it's a really amazing way for people to continue to move these conversations forward. That reverberation of talking about the past and making new art to talk about the past and bring it to the present, that new art can take us to the future. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it. It became a rock and roll village, a community. later his team called me and said hey we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit and I thought absolutely let's do it here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community. and We want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow, which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here It's so great to be here in West Hollywood hosting this conversation. We're home to such a diverse community with intersectional voices and our amazing poet laureate Jen Chang put this incredible program together and that's why we're here in West Hollywood because the rainbow is as diverse as our community and it's great to be here together. remembering our history we're remembering to talk about stories we might not have learned about in school and especially with the climate of book bans and things being 
suppressed or not being heard, it's more important today than ever to really share stories. Many folks behind the doors encouraging the front leaders to move forward because when you're in front, you get judged and you get, and you get criticized. The more they come, build challenge states of law and knowing what is seen, what is moving, there is no destroying. excited to be here today. We're having really important discussions about civil rights, both the history, but how this affects us in this current moment in time, and coming together with community and through the lens of the arts to have important dialogue like this. I think it's a really amazing way for people to continue to move these conversations forward. That reverberation of talking about the past and making new art to talk about the past and bring it to the present, that new art can take us to the future. My prince's boy loves his brother. Who has a brother? Yeah? Yeah, do you love your brother? Yeah? Someone shook their head. Someone said no. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. I've been doing theater for over 25 years. And being able to bring theater and drag together and then bringing it with children just warms my heart so much to be able to read books to kids and see their eyes open up and just laugh and play. This is why I enjoy what I do. Peace follows I'm sorry can let differences live. It spreads and it strengthens when hearts can forgive. Drag has been an essential part of the West Hollywood community for a long time. Uh, historically, this has been such a haven for queer people, so of course it's been a haven for queer art forms. When we first started doing Drag Story Hour, this is one of the first places we really started doing it, so you really see drag in its most cutting-edge form taking place here in the city. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes. Yeah. The city of West Hollywood has been supporting Drag Story Hour at the library since 2017. What moves me is seeing the faces of the kids when they hear the stories. And it really teaches kids about acceptance, about belonging, and that you can just be your true self. I think that Drag Story Hour supports the mission of West Hollywood because it is all about inclusivity, it's all about giving young people the opportunity to meet people that they might not have met in their everyday lives, it gives them the opportunity to understand other identities, and it gives them the opportunity to explore drag in an environment that's not only safe for them, but made for them.
Welcome to Community Cooking. I'm Maria Prekajis, and today I'm excited to have Nikki Leonard's in the studio. Hello and welcome. Thank you, Maria. So you're going to do something a little different. We all love the traditional grilled cheese and soup, great comfort food, but you're going to give it all a little twist. Yes, ma'am. So tell me about it, and you have some different ingredients here. So. I sure do. Well, we're going to make an asparagus soup and then two kinds of grilled cheese sandwiches, one with um, telegio cheese, arugula, and fig jam, all on sourdough bread, and then another one on the sourdough as well with cheddar, sharp cheddar cheese, bacon, roasted tomatoes, and caramelized onions. Okay, one word, yum. <laughs> so, should we start with the soup? Yes, okay. definitely. And cream of asparagus, I love. I was... Asparagus is my new snack, just raw. <laughs> I mean, it's so good for you, but I love it in soup, so what do we need to do? Okay, well, we're going to get started off. You have some onions over there, so what we want to do is let's take, um, we'll take two cups of them, but right now we're going to open this beautiful thing up here, and we have, do we have our um, flame on here? We will. Well, we will. will get you some heat, about medium-high heat? About medium-high is perfect. Okay. I'm now going to take about a half a cup of my yummy European butter. I like the European butter because it doesn't have quite as much of a moisture content as regular oh, butter. Oh, really? I didn't uh -huh. know that. And see, even though it says half a cup, you can see I'm really using, you know, maybe even a little bit less than that because okay. with the European butter, you can. So, a more uh, I didn't even know there was such a thing as European butter. Yes. Uh -huh. and, <laughs> it's, and it's available in a lot of the um, regular markets now, too. Okay. So. It works out well. So we're going to go ahead and do that. And um, if you would be so good as to measure out two cups of the onions. I can do that. And I thank you for prepping the onions so we oh, both aren't so crying. so we both won't cry. <laughs> no crying over asparagus soup today. There we yes. go. Two. Mm -hmm. And while you're doing that, I'm just going to get some celery ready because we're going to do one cup of celery, so we're going to sweat the onions and the celery together, but in sweating it, we want to also make sure, since we're going for as green a soup as possible, that we're not burning the onions, and so if you want to tend <laughs> so to I those... Step back. <laughs> <laughs> well, no burning the onions. Well, we, we just want it on a good medium heat, and it'll take probably about five minutes for us to sweat that. Well, and also with butter, you have to be careful not to burn the butter, correct? Exactly, and that's why with the grilled cheese, not so much with the asparagus soup, because I really want it to taste you know, I, I want I want the soup to have kind of the buttery roux taste to it. But on the grilled cheese, one of my tricks is to use both olive oil and butter, so oh, that I've you never don't done have that. It. I yeah. just slap on the butter usually. So well, and it's it's great too. But the olive oil it gives not only does it will it give our gourmet grilled cheeses great flavor, but it also keeps the butter from burning too quickly. And you're just. Slicing um, and dicing into pretty small pieces with celery. Pretty small pieces. You know, okay. normally speaking, you don't have to do fine dice, fine dice, but I find that if you do two big pieces, even though we're going to puree up the whole shebang at the end, the fact is that if you do it in two large pieces, then it ends up that you don't get quite the concentration or, you know, quite the spread of flavor, I should say. That okay. you want. Who doesn't love the smell of melting butter with onions? Mel melting butter with onions. <laughs> tell you, it's oh, you one of love it. one of life's great comforts, isn't it? It is. So we'll just get these. Then we are we are set, and we're just going to sweat these up. You know, again, just a few minutes, and all we want to do is I said five minutes, but really until they're translucent, that's fine for okay. our purposes. Okay. Perfect. Beautiful. All of that, and they are sweating. They are sweating. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to show you a little trick with the asparagus here. 
while you're doing that. Okay, I'm going to okay. stir as they sweat. Okay. See, you see we have this beautiful asparagus spear. I want you to take one. I'm going to take one. Okay. Now, just kind of bend it slightly and see where it breaks. Now, notice that where, where it's broken, what, all over me, <laughs> it's kind of a little bit more sinewy on the bottom, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, with that, what we're going to do is we have this. And what I, what I like to do, even though the recipe calls for... Uh, Really, really calls for, and we'll just kind of, you know, snap these as we go along. Oops, sorry. Even though the recipe calls for water, I like to do something that's called kind of making a little bit of a vegetable infusion or vegetable broth, if you will. What I'm going to do is I'm I mean, just going to take the bottom this, parts. just the bottom parts, because they're a little more sinewy. Save the top for me. There you go. <laughs> because they're Shall a little, be. they're a little more sinewy than you than you want them. Here, I'll tell they're you my what. Three. Um, there are your three. Here, try this and tell me if you don't notice a textural difference. Almost definitely. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is just take a little bit of water. We just use this kind of to cover that. And then what I like to do is see with the onions, if I had, you know, hadn't pre-chopped them, take the peels, take some of the leaves from the celery, I'll put oh. it in, and then you just let it um, go ahead and infuse for about three, four hours, really low heat, and you've got your own broth oh, that you can it. do. But the beauty of this soup is you can do the veg. You can do it with either, um, you can do this with either the, um, Water only, or you can do it with. Um, well, I was going to ask if you can do it with other broths, like chicken or vegetable broth. That Ab you Absolutely. If you do it with chicken broth, it might be a little bit more savory rather than sweet, which is totally fine. But I invite people to experiment. And with that in mind, you might also use this base of soup that we're doing. Right now, we're sweating up those onions and celery, and we're doing asparagus. Here, you want to help me by chopping some of these, too? Sure. So now we and take so the top now parts. Now we take the top parts and we just chop them on up because we want them in smaller, okay. you know, pieces just so that our soup will go quicker. I just way. love this. Can I use this to chop? Of course this you may. Is. Of course. Just watch my fingers. Oh, that just is watch a your fun fingers. Isn't way that to great? chop. It's even better when we do this. When we do the, um, we're going to do the parsley, which we're going to do in a second. So even more wonderful. So now this asparagus, the top part, mm -hmm. you use the bottom for the broth, and the top parts are going to go inside the soup. They can go inside the soup, and if you want to be fancy about it, we oh, can we even save. We, we're going to say we can save a couple of these, and we can put that on the top of the soup for serving. How about oh, that? Look at that garnish. It's all about yeah. presentation. All about presentation. So we've got that going. We're going to go ahead. We'll add our asparagus in. Look at that. That's some asparagus. This is some <laughs> asparagus. I love it. So let's go add add that, and then you know, little, just kind of give it some rocking motion here with this parsley. See, you're you're a pro at that one. Eh, yes and no. I, I it's it's just using it for a while, but the parsley will give it a great flavor here. So we have this, and what we didn't do, but we probably should have, just kick it up with a tiny bit of kosher salt in there, just a little. We're gonna okay. salt it more at the end, so it's no biggie. I'm on stirring patrol. And then we're doing that with, with the um, parsley. So we're doing well. Give it a nice, nice balance of flavors here. I'll Ooh, give it just a tiny bit more. it smells delicious already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then what we're going to do is, you know, as I told you, the broth takes several hours to simmer, more time than we have, you know, here. So I just went ahead and I did some infusion of it. And so what we will do is I'm going to go ahead. I also forgot to add our flour. Haha, <laughs> but we will now. The great, thing, right. the great thing is there really are no mistakes here. I was going to say there are just, no mistakes. If you just would stir it around so that we get it nice and coated because you know what the deal is there. We're kind of making a roux, aren't we? I was going to say, 
I do this with gravy at Thanksgiving. Right, but see, unlike having to do the roux separately, the beauty is we can do it all at once. Why not, right? I love it. We like easy in this kitchen. We like easy, easy in this good. kitchen. Well, and the beauty also this soup. Anybody can do this. So this is your this is broth this, this is the broth earlier. that I made earlier. Okay. And we're just going to go ahead and add it. We got four cups. And by all means, the recipe on the website calls for water. You can certainly do this with water, just plain old water, and it still will be delicious. Chicken broth, vegetable broth, anything you like. Anything? Anything. That's a brothy. Anything that's brothy. You know, you can even, if you want to, Maria, switch out the vegetables. Try this with broccoli instead of asparagus. Oh. Could you or add broccoli else? in it? Kind of for, you know, sure. I love my veggies. Okay, sure. so that is basically the soup. That's, that's, that's the soup. That's the soup. Now we're going to go ahead. We're going to cover this up, and we're going to let's let's bring it to a boil, and then okay. let's you know let's go ahead and kick it down to a simmer. And about how long does that take? Um, it'll take rough, roughly 30 minutes. Although I think we can finish okay. sooner. And bay leaves. Forgot these. Ooh, just to give give bay it some nice. Bay leaves are just an odd phenomenon to me because you add them in things. I never know why, but it makes it taste better. So we're just going to yep. go with that. It just gives it depth, it depth of flavor here. So we'll put our asparagus to the side for our garnish. Okay. And then meanwhile, I know you're eager to start on the grilled cheeses. <laughs> I love the asparagus soup. I'm sure I will, uh -huh. but yeah. Grilled cheese, please. Okay. Well, grilled cheese it is. And so what we've got now, which one would you like to start with? The traditional, the one that's got the cheddar cheese or the telegio, the little Well, since more. I can't say telegio, let's start with cheddar, one step at a time. Okay. <laughs> Since that's I a like big it. word, we'll go with that. Okay, so so what we'll do is we're just going to grate up a little bit of this beautiful cheddar, this wonderful yellow sharp cheddar. And people ask me, well, can you use white cheddar? Well, certainly, but why the yellow? Because believe it or not, I find that for meltability, the yellow cheddar has really? more meltability. Really? I did yeah. not know that. Is that crazy? Oh, that is too. And then you're shredding it. Usually, I, I just slice, put it on bread, and we're good. Certainly, you can. But why? Why would you think that I'm shredding it? What? What it is it about? Melts more evenly. Melts it's a test. More, I'm gonna more, fail. More, more easily. <laughs> yeah. Nope, not 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 even a test. And so we've got a beautiful amount of cheese here. Oh. Definitely enough for a couple of sandwiches. Who doesn't love their cheese. Yeah, absolutely. So we're set with this. And I know you've been eyeing my bread all Your day. Your bread is lovely. Look at this loaf. Sourdough. Sourdough bread. Yum yum yum. Oh, you can just smell it. Yep. It's like I'm in San Francisco. That's right. And you know what? Would you grab me another two slices? Because I think I, will. I have a feeling that we might need two of these. <laughs> we might need two. We might need two. So she I'll barely knows me yet. She knows me so well. That's that's right. Well, I just know people who love food, and you're obviously one of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. So am I. I said I hate my job having to cook all day. Darn. <laughs> yeah. We should all be so lucky, right? Okay. So what we're going to do is we're just layering a little bit of um, the cheddar cheese here. Okay. And um, bleh, don't want to put it all in the kosher salt. That's all right. Okay. Let me just give a quick check on the soup. It's fine. Okay. Okay. So we're doing well there. Um, don't want to, I want to get it where obviously, you know, you have enough, but you want to have room for the other ingredients. And we want to put some bacon on. And again, it's one of these things where you could certainly put it in whole slices, but I like going ahead and I like doing it this way because that way you get a, be a piece of bacon with each bite. Oh, well, and that's the best if, way. If you're I'm a bacon your person. Pan for the, for grilled, the grilled cheese. cheese. I put the soup on another. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. Just another bird. See, that's the best idea because you hate it when you bite in and it just gets messy. Uh-huh. Look at that. A yeah, so you just, you just get a little, little bite of bacon in each. And let me that's show you. That's some good you. thick bacon. Good grief. 
it's it's some it's some good thick bacon. I like the uncured, but you can use absolutely anything you like. And um, I've also got some roasted tomatoes here. And real quickly, if you wouldn't mind grabbing me this um, silver tray here, I just want to show everybody just really quickly how easy it is to go ahead and do the roasted okay. tomatoes. All you really have to do is see tomatoes. People ask me why roasted. Well. Because in the in the summertime is really the seasonal time, the best time for tomatoes. We're not always in summer though, so you can still get masses of flavor with this. Not You're only that, the seeds out. yeah. All I'm doing is, if you can see, I'm just going yep. ahead. I'm just pulling out the That's seeds. That's a really easy way to do it. Yeah, but I'm just <laughs> exactly fingers are the best tools. But I'm Heck using yeah. I'm using my um, I'm using my fingers. I'm just going ahead and slicing them. And really, this is this is all that it entails. You can slice the rest of the tomato, but I just want to make sure everybody sees this. So then, this. when you put them on the sheet, what do mm -hmm. we do? Just stick them in the oven to well, roast them. Well, all I'm all I'm really going to do now is I'm going to take a touch of our olive oil. I like the garlic infused, but again, you suit yourself. And I just kind of give it a little drizzle. And while I'm doing that, I just go ahead and kind of oh, so it just really throw it coats in there. It. Yeah, just give it a little coating, and so it doesn't stick to your pan. And then a little bit of a uh, sprinkling of the kosher salt here. Oh, that's great. And you're set. And all you have to do is roast these at 400 degrees. And, and, you, and you, you get got these. It. And you all get like, those. You put those on the sandwiches. Sure. And it's, it's, it's great because what's going on now is that it's just a real, you'll, when, you, when you bite into it, you'll see it's a real infusion of flavor. It's almost oh. like a tomato jam, which is amazing. Oh, yum. I like the sweetness and the saltiness too, all combined. So. Exactly, it's what's it, 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 isn't everything in cooking, Marie? It's all name <laughs> name name of the game is balance, so, right? So, just when you thought there wasn't any more on the sandwich, this is these are our wonderful caramelized oh. onions. I love caramelized onions. Caramelized onions rock, and especially Look with this that. combination, oh. they're just so nice and sweet. Again, a perfect foil to the saltier bacon and the rich the the rich full flavored cheese. But just when you thought it was all over, Maria, <laughs> and you thought I wasn't going to do anything else, we need more cheese. Oh, my Lord. I'm like, what else can you put on it? Okay, I'll go well, for more cheese. More cheese is always good. And then it kind of holds everything together. It, exactly, because you have bread on this side, bread yep. on that side, cheese on both. You really, you really can't, go, can't go wrong with that. And I promised you when we go to the pan, I will show you my trick for the little bit of olive oil and a little bit of butter, because everything's better with butter. Yeah, I would eat it not even toasted. It looks so good. It looks so good. <laughs> Oh my word. All right. So okay. We put just a little dab of olive oil and butter. I've and, never done that. And then butter because what you'll see is that the butter just will not burn as quickly. See, and what I'm going to do is I'll take it off the heat completely and Maria, why don't you do this? Would you be so kind as to lay those sandwiches on here? See, that's about perfect. That's where we oh. want it. That's what we want. And then what we'll do is grab another couple pieces of bread, oh, my dear. Oh, more of your beautiful bread. Yep, and then that one there. I took them from the middle, the biggest pieces. Beauty. Well, that's that's the way to do it. This lady after my heart. There we go. We'll, okay. We'll switch one out. <laughs> here, and would you hand me the fig jam, please? I'm oh. sorry, I don't want to get into your area fig here. Fig jam. Fig jam. I mean, seriously. Seriously. What we're going to do is I'm going to put this on the bread, and if you would be so good with those wonderful knives to go ahead and spread it, a thin layer on each slice okay. of bread. Because, again, it's the whole issue, and while you're doing that, I'm going to cut up some Taleggio cheese. So what is Taleggio cheese? Taleggio is a stinky, here, have a whiff. It's a stinky Italian oh, cheese. It is. But it She's has. Not <laughs> <laughs> but it has the most... I mean, and it's got a rind on it here, and it looks really nasty, but the fact is it is the most... 
tasty, creamy, textural well, cheese. A lot of, of the wonderful cheeses are. So figure on both sides? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah, just a little bit, just, you okay. know, kind of a thin sheeting there. And um, I'll go ahead and let me check on these grilled cheese. I love the tea, the tea kettle on top to press them down. That's my favorite new trick. Ha ha. And here, you got to check this out. See this color, Maria? This, oh, yeah. this beautiful it's orange. It's about, it's about perfect. This is about what we want. That's, that's the color, folks. That's the color. We like the color. The color is we perfect. We like the color. The color is perfect. Right. And you know what I'm also going to do? You'll like this, too. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to add just a little more butter. Oh, darn. Oh, more darn. Butter. More butter. And a little Paula more. Dean would be proud. Well, and a little, <laughs> a little more olive oil because we don't want these puppies. We want them that beautiful orangey gold color on both sides, don't we? Oh yeah, and that's with grilled cheeses. Sometimes you only get one side that looks good, so that's what side I serve up. That's nice. well, that that's right. But this is like algebra in school. Whatever you do to one side, you got to do to the other. At least that's how Symmetry, I symmetry. We like that. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you've got that done, my dear. The fig spread is on. Okay, beauty. And what we will do is I'm going to go ahead now and I'm going to cut some Taleggio cheese. Now I'm going to cut this rind off, but I'm going to have the beautiful, yummy, creamy cheese here. That and is. It's almost it, like the texture of a mozzarella. Well, it well it is. And you know, I'm going to actually have you just pop a tiny taste into your okay. mouth to see what you think. Oh, it's different. It's very lovely, though. It's very lovely, very creamy, isn't it? Yeah, very. Oh, that melted? Yeah. Good grief. Yes, exactly. With the fig? I can already well, imagine. Well, see, and the thing is, if you taste the, this cheese with a little bit of fig, mm. it completely changes the flavor. And that's really the neat thing about this. So... I think that... And this we can slice because it's already creamy, so it's going to well, really melt nicely. Well, you, you, you tasted it, so you know that it's really already... Uh, it's already Tele uh, Taleggio. 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 It's, you, so since you've tried it, you, you see how easily it melts in your mouth. Yeah. It's going to... Imagine what it's going to do on the heat for us. Oh, so yum. So you can just, you know, you can just imagine. And the rind isn't even that thick. It's not like a brie where it's really no, on there. No, but, um, you know, but all this said, since while we're on the subject of brie... Another wonderful sandwich is brie with green apples. Oh, yeah. I've actually had one of those. They're delicious. It's delicious, huh? Because I think, like the Taleggio, the brie is also a very nice, you know, tasty melting cheese as well. And what I do is I kind of just push it a little with my fingers. I was going to say, spread it out a little. Spread okay. it out a bit. But I mean, it is that soft. It is that soft, but you're, and I'm doing it on both sides. But the fact is that... You, you know, you can just do it. In fact, let's move one of these over here so we don't over overdo it too, too much. But so we want to cheese both. on both sides. Yeah, it's going to get a little cheese on both sides just because <laughs> I want to make sure that we have enough. Also, as you mentioned with the other sandwich, the cheese is kind of like your glue. Yeah, it, it is. It, it sticks it all together. It sticks it all together. <laughs> and so let's just check these guys, see okay. how they're doing. Okay. Um, you know, it can probably um, be heated just a tiny bit okay. more while I'm finishing up this. Okay. And I think we've got enough cheese here and now for our lovely arugula. So arugula what I'm doing... Arugula is spicy. I love it. Arugula is spicy, but what have you already got on the sandwich, Maria? You've got what? Tell me well, the Well, we have the fig jam. It's a test. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the fig jam. And tell me about the fig jam. What, what is that spicy? Well, no, that's sweet, so it's the sweet and spicy. Very the combo. good. It's the perfect balance because, see, you probably don't want it to be too, too sweet or too, too spicy, so the tasty, spicy arugula is going to be the perfect foil here. 
and then it all together. It holds it all together. Haha. <laughs> so we just do that. And how are those yummy sandwiches looking? They are looking pretty darn delicious. Pretty darn delicious. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't we do this? Ooh, I've got. I like the golden brown. The golden brown. And is the other side golden brown? Yeah. Yes, it's perfect. We love it. Okay, so this looks this looks awesome, just the way it is, doesn't it? Okay. Okay, so what I'll do is we'll just go ahead. At this point, I can just go ahead. I've I've just to lightly toasted both sides. And who needs a spatula sides. when you have your hands? That's <laughs> I love you know it. you know what. The well, thing it's all, is, it means it's all glued together very nicely. It is. I probably should use a spatula, but what the heck? Hey, I'm a mom. I I was know, gonna do that. say all moms are so tough. There you go. Lovely. So what do you think of that? I think it's absolutely fabulous. And don't you think you want to taste that? Yes. Okay. So let's put the other ones in because I want to get them cooked up and get everything plated up before we have to go. Mm -hmm. Oh, if you guys could smell this. Oh. Okay. Mm, so yummy. So let me go ahead and do this and let me get a little more the olive, olive oil. oil in. In the, yeah. I'm ready to put it in. You are. Here. Let's just get this going here. Perfect. One and two. One and two. I mean, I would never think of these combos. Well, that's that's why it's kind of fun to visit the cheese shops because it's actually a lady, I can't really take credit, a lady who was selling me cheese one day mentioned that if you add the fig jam to certain cheeses, it completely changes the flavor. While we're here, let's check out our soup. Okay. I think it's, it's looking, looking good. Now, and the soup, you had some pre-made, so mm -hmm. we get to taste it, or you yeah. made it earlier because it yeah. does take about a half hour. Yeah. So, fancy way, I like cutting not just sideways, diagonally. Whatever you like. Do you, oh, and you have the knife. I have the knife. Okay, and so let's go ahead. So it's diagonal. Is diagonal, that like? like they do in the restaurants. I don't know why. It makes things taste better. Okay, all right. Well, my dear, go ahead and plate it on up. I was going to say, I, I, I can't wait any longer. I'm sorry. While the other one's cooking? Yeah. <laughs> any good? Wow. All the flavors together. I, I just, if you try any recipes, try this one. It's really yummy. Oh, all right. Let's ladle up the soup with our ginormous ladle. We can ladle up the soup. It's right here. But before we do that, I think what we're going to do is I will go ahead. I'm going to put a little bit of cream into it. Now, keep in mind, though, you actually don't need... You, you don't even need to put cream in, really, if you don't want to. But since the recipe calls for it, it's just a matter of how much or okay. how, how white or how green you really want it. So you don't have to add the cream if you don't want, but if you, you do, you don't, you don't have to, flavor. but it adds some flavor. And also, before you do that, let me add a little bit of salt, a little bit of kosher salt to that, and Perfect. a little bit of the white pepper. White pepper, so you can't White see pepper. it. White pepper, so you can't, well, you can't see it. And also, again, because this is a pretty sweet soup, is the spiciness as well. So go ahead and just check that out. A little more. I like a full bowl as okay. I make a mess everywhere. Mm -hmm. Here, we'll do a quick cut of that. Quick cut of this one. Here you go. Oh, I mean, who knew? Look at that. Those ingredients in grilled cheese. I can't decide which one I like better. They're so good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. A total fun twist. And thank you all for joining us right here on Community Cooking. We will see you next time. Ooh, so good.
If you would like a copy of the recipe seen on this show, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to the Office of Cable and Community Relations, 3350 Civic Center Drive, Suite 200. That's in Torrance, California, 90503. Be sure to note the show number and the date you saw the show. And don't forget, you can find all the fresh ingredients used on today's show at the Farmer's celebrating people and communities who are trying to fight for justice. It's so great to Hollywood hosting this conversation. We're home to such a diverse community with intersectional voices and our amazing poet laureate Jen Chang put this incredible program together and that's why we're here in West Hollywood because the rainbow is as diverse as our community and it's great to be here together. We're remembering our history, we're remembering to talk about stories we might not have learned about in school. And especially with the climate of book bans and things being suppressed or not being heard, it's more important today than ever to really share stories. Many folks behind the doors encouraging the front leaders to move forward because when you're in front, you get judged, and you get, and you get criticized. One more they come, Bill Jack, states of lie knowing what is seen, what is moving, there is no destroying. And if you've heard this story, you know more pain than glory. I'm really excited to be here today. We're having really important discussions about civil rights, both the history, but how this affects us in this current moment in time. And coming together with community and through the lens of the arts to have important dialogue like this, I think it's a really amazing way for people to continue to move these conversations forward. That reverberation of talking about the past and making new art to talk about the past and bring it to the present, that new art can take us to the future. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. My prince's boy loves his brother. Who has a brother? Yeah? Yeah, do you love your brother? Yeah? Someone shook their head. Someone said no. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. I've been doing theater for over 25 years. And being able to bring theater and drag together and then bringing it with children just warms my heart so much to be able to read books to kids and see their eyes open up and just laugh and play. This is why I enjoy what I do. Peace follows. I'm sorry. Can let differences live. It spreads and it strengthens when hearts can forgive. Drag has been an essential mm -hmm. part of the West Hollywood community for a long time. Uh, historically, this has been such a haven for queer people, so of course it's been a haven for queer art forms. When we first started doing Drag Story Hour, this is one of the first places we really started doing it. So you really see drag in its most cutting-edge form taking place here in the city. And I 
think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes. The city of West Hollywood has been supporting Drag Story Hour at the library since 2017. What moves me is seeing the faces of the kids when they hear the stories. And it really teaches kids about acceptance, about belonging, and that you can just be your true self. I think that Drag Story Hour supports the mission of West Hollywood because it is all about inclusivity. It's all about giving young people the opportunity to meet people that they might not have met in their everyday lives. It gives them the opportunity to understand other identities and it gives them the opportunity to explore drag in an environment that's not only safe for them, but made for them. Watching the world from above, this is where my heart is shining. In this little hour, it's possible to find truth and peace and love in just this little hour in this room right now. No matter what's going on out there, you can find it. And I hope you find it every day. Thank you so much for coming. Hello, WeHo. Ready to make your mark in the presidential primary election? Your voice is your superpower, and it's time to use it. Mark your calendars for some key dates. Mail-in voting has started, and those sleek yellow drop boxes are ready for your ballot throughout West Hollywood. Starting February 24th, swing by Plummer Park's Fiesta Hall to vote early. If you're more of a last-minute type, no worries. The West Hollywood Park Vote Center opens its doors on March 2nd at the Aquatic and Recreation Center. Same-day voter registration, known as conditional voter registration, is also available at these locations if you missed the deadline to register to vote. Election day is March 5th. Vote centers are your go-to from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. before the big day, and from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. on election day itself. For the VIP treatment, check out lavote.gov for all L.A. County vote center locations and estimated wait times. Need a ride to a voting center? If you're a West Hollywood resident, we've got you covered with CityLine and Dial-A-Ride. Just hop on or call ahead, and you'll be voting in style. Visit weho.org slash cityline for more cityline information. Or if you're 62 or over or living with a disability at any age, call 1-800-447-2189 to schedule a Dial-A-Ride reservation. And for the cherry on top, we've got three shiny yellow ballot drop boxes around town. They're secured 24-7 so your vote is safe with us. Find them at City Hall, the West Hollywood Library, and Plummer Park. Don't just vote, make it an event. Check your registration status, get informed, and nudge your pals. Your vote is your voice. Let's hear it loud and clear. I'm Eddie Robinson, WeHo TV News.
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it. It became a rock and roll village, a community. weeks later, his team called me and said, hey, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy. Uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit? And I thought, absolutely, let's do it. We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience. We're on the lookout for Cupid and his arrow as Valentine's Day is right around the corner. We'll be talking about ways to celebrate Valentine's Day with your canine companion. Plus, you'll meet a local designer who can turn your pet's paw print into a beautiful piece of jewelry. And we'll introduce you to this adorable little guy who's looking for his forever home. All this coming up right now on Canine Corner. I'm Rhiannon Trutanich, your host for Canine Corner, the show that your dog will give two paws up. Love is in the air here today on Canine Corner as Valentine's Day is right around the corner. We'll be talking about some great ways to celebrate the holiday with your dog. And if you need a little gift inspiration for those loved ones who don't have four paws and are covered in fur, we can still help you out. Colleen Berg from Colleen Berg Jewelry will be showing us part of her line and telling us how she can turn your dog's paw print impression into a beautiful piece of jewelry. But first, let's meet adorable rescue dogs who will totally steal your heart. Forte was founded over 15 years ago by Maria Take. We save the dogs from the pound that are at risk for being destroyed. 
Um, every Saturday, we have an adoption event at Sentinella in Los Angeles from 12.30 to 3.30, and all of our wonderful dogs that are looking for forever homes can be seen. People can come out and meet them, and we have all sorts of wonderful dogs. Any sort of dog you're looking for, we probably have it. Personalities click, and then we make sure, and um, we do a home check to make sure that, you know, it's, it's gonna be safe for them. They can't, like, accidentally get out of the house. Um, but so far, um, Forte Animal Rescue has saved over 1,500 animals. So we're really saving a lot. But we can always use um, fosters, donations. The more people that will foster dogs, the more dogs that we can save from being destroyed. You go to the website, www.farescue.org. We also have a Facebook page, and you're always welcome to meet us and meet the dogs every Saturday from 12.30 to 3.30 at Sentinella in Los Angeles. Alistair is a chocolate lab, probably Pitbull mix. He's about five years old. Um, he was saved from the pound because he was very timid. He was hiding in the back of his cage and very scared. So that's when Forte came and rescued him. He's a very sweet dog. He loves people, loves children, likes other dogs. He gets along great with cats. I think at least one walk a day would be good, but he's not really hyper. He's got a very mellow personality. So I think he'd be good just pretty much anywhere. I think he would be best in a home where he gets some attention. He needs a lot of affection. Very, very sweet dog. If you are interested in adopting Alistair, please contact Forte Animal Rescue at farescue.org. Those dogs are so cute. Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and whether you have been hard at work making handmade Valentine's since Christmas, or think it's a made-up holiday by greeting card companies, it's still a great time to spend some quality time with your dog. My co-host, Canine Cupid, I mean Popeye Tutanich, is here now to help me share some ways to celebrate. Did you know that Americans spent $18.6 billion on Valentine's Day last year, according to the National Retail Association? That is a lot of flowers and chocolate, but also a lot of squeaky toys and rawhide treats because they spent over $753 million on their pets for Valentine's Day. So obviously February 14th is a really big deal for pet owners and I can totally see why. Your dog is always happy to see you when you get home, always down to just hang out on the couch or go on an adventure and I mean really how many humans can you say that about? So your dog definitely qualifies as Valentine material. So now let's talk about some ways to celebrate Valentine's Day with your canine companion. So what says Valentine's Day more than a handmade Valentine's card? Nothing. So we're gonna show you how to make a handmade Valentine from you and your dog. You can either keep it for you and put it on your refrigerator, or you can give it to a family member or friend, or you can even give it to one of your doggy's friends. Popeye has a few besties that I'm sure he wants to give a Valentine to this year. So first, let's talk about what sort of supplies you'll need, and then we'll go into how to make the actual Valentine. So I have a few things here. The most important thing and the key to any good Valentine is a doily. I have different shapes. I have heart ones. I have circles. I have big hearts, small hearts, 
I have pink, red, white, all the key Valentine's colors. The next thing is glue. You could either use liquid glue or glue stick, whatever your preference is. And next up, you are going to need a stamp pad for your dog's paw impression. And of course, if your dog is not comfortable having his or her paw print taken, then don't do it. But if they are, like Popeye is, then go for it. So I'm just gonna open this up and I think we'll go with a white heart doily. That would be very nice for your paw impression, buddy. Okay, so I'm gonna take Popeye's paw and I'm really gonna kind of get it into this ink pad. I wanna make sure there's enough ink on it to make a good impression, literally. And as you can see, Popeye is totally okay with this, which it's possible he signed some autographs before. I'm putting a lot of ink on just to make sure we get a good impression and definitely use one that is non-toxic for your dog and um, you can easily clean it up after with some water and paper towels so your dog is not getting ink all over your home. Just gonna take his paw, I'm gonna press it down pretty firm, um, obviously not hard enough to hurt him but I definitely wanna get a nice paw print on there and he does not seem bothered whatsoever. And there you have it, a nice paw print of Popeye's right paw. That's beautiful, Popeye, you have good paws. So the next one I'm going to do to make it a little bit personal from me, I'm gonna take another doily, I'm gonna use a little bit of lip gloss and it's not a snack, buddy. Although this color would be beautiful on you. Yeah, use a little bit of lip gloss. to make that's perfect wow we did good so I have Popeye's paw print my kiss stamp and next we're gonna get a larger doily and take the glue stick here I'm very sorry Popeye it's not a snack just gonna glue on and of course you can sign it you can add you know, doggy stickers. You, you can really add anything to sort of make it personal and make it more unique. Um, the best part about this is it's entirely up to you. I'll put Popeyes in the middle right there. That is just beautiful. Kind of add mine to the side here. Let's see. And if there's enough room, you can, of course, just use one doily. Like I said, completely up to you. Look at that. And there you have it. You have a Valentine that is completely personalized from you and your canine companion. I think Popeye and I are gonna keep this one. I like it. What do you think, Popeye? I think he thinks we can do better. Now let's talk some Valentine's Day gift ideas for your dog. You can take your dog to a pet store and let him or her pick out his own Valentine's Day toy. Popeye has his rose here that he actually picked out. Popeye, will you, will you accept this rose? Well, he's, he's not interested, and this is the second year he's done this to me. That's okay. Moving on. You can also order your dog's gift online, and then it will be a total surprise. You can order your dog a Valentine's Day gift box from Bark Shop. They have amazing ones. And then your dog will feel totally bad about always barking at the delivery man, like Popeye does. You can also give your dog a gift that you can enjoy too. You can order them the shareables treats that are treats 
for dogs and humans so you guys can enjoy a snack together. How cute is that? So now let's talk about some Valentine's gifts that create lasting memories for you and your canine companion. One of the first things and easiest things is you can get matching best friend t-shirts with your dog like Popeye and I are wearing. You can also get matching best friend necklaces for you and your dog to wear. I have my best friend necklace on and Popeye has his little best friend tag attached to his collar. Really easy for your dog to wear, isn't uncomfortable for your dog at all. The next thing you can do that creates a memory that lasts forever is to have professional photos taken of your dog. Ani Hull, who you might remember from a couple episodes of Canine Corner ago, is an amazing local pet photographer and can take beautiful photos of your dog that will last forever. How special is that? Another fun, silly Valentine's thing you can do is to take some funny Valentine's photos with your canine companion. You can dress your dog up and if your dog is okay with dressing up, you can kind of make it a tradition each year, as Popeye and I have. Get some funny little ears, have a little arrow because Popeye is canine Cupid, of course. I have some big fun light up Valentine's glasses. Wow, it is rose colored in here. Next, you can take some selfies of you and your dog. Popeye and I have have taken them, gosh, so many times. And you can, it's fun too to look back on each year's photos and see kind of how you and your dog have, have changed and just something fun and silly to do. So Popeye, will you take a photo with me? It's totally okay. To bribe your dog with treats. Can I have a kiss? Popeye, give me a kiss. Oh, thank you. And what's even cooler about this is there's an app out there made by Petco called Heads and Tails that you can post selfies of you and your dog on. And if you get 100 likes, you can win a $10 Petco gift card for your dog or as well as they donate $10 to the Petco Foundation in your dog's name. How cool is that? Valentine's card, check. Valentine's gifts, check. Now all that's left for the perfect Valentine's Day with your canine companion is to have a relaxing night at home. You can pour you and your dog's favorite drinks. I have my little drink here and Popeye has his Bowser beer that he absolutely loves. So I'm going to pour him a little in his, his mustache champagne flute. Oh, he knows, he's excited. So you can pour your dog his favorite drink. How yummy is that? Look, Popeye, this is for you. And I don't think you can drink out of the straw. Cheers, Popeye. And you can cheers to being BFFs forever. Well, while Popeye's drinking that, the next thing you can do is to make your dog some snacks. Popeye and I are both big snackers, so we love to have our snacks at night. Really, really getting in there, Popeye. I don't think my Valentine's letting me go anywhere, but let me talk to you about the snacks that I made Popeye. I have some lovely, tasty Valentine's Day cookies for me, and I made Popeye some Valentine's Day dog treats. Oh. We're excited now. 
These are super easy to make, just like four different ingredients. I use two cups of whole wheat flour, one banana, a half fourth of a cup of all natural peanut butter, and two eggs. I mashed the banana and mixed the peanut butter and the eggs in a bowl and then added the flour in, rolled the dough out, cut them out in different shapes. I have larger hearts. I have little bones here. And I also have little mini hearts. You can make them based on like whatever size your dog is. Would you like a plate, Popeye? We're very civilized. Little Valentine's Day plate for your dog. And I just bake them 400 degrees for about 10 to 15 minutes. And Popeye absolutely loves them. It's definitely a treat that you can feel good about giving your dog. It's very healthy. Of course, you should always check with your vet to make sure your dog doesn't have any food allergies or anything like that. And if not, then super easy to whip up a batch. And he just ate that whole thing whole. Don't wanna, don't wanna break that up. And if homemade Valentine's Day treats for your dog don't say I love you, then I don't know what does. Of course, everything in moderation, except Popeye doesn't believe in that. So after you guys have enjoyed your drinks and your snacks and you're just hanging out, you can each read a book. I have How to Speak Dog to help understand Popeye a little bit more because he's a complicated guy. And Popeye has Kaya and Popeye's Petlandia Road Trip, a really special book about Popeye and his BFF Kaya and an adventure they went on. So just read this to him and sit back and hang out. You can also watch some Canine Corner or a dog-themed movie. Just have some quality time together. Now the perfect way to round out your relaxing night in with your dog on Valentine's Day is to have a little spa treatment because who doesn't love hanging out in robes? Popeye and I do. First thing I'm gonna use is Popeye's At Peace Calming Spray from Noble Pet Company. I'm just gonna spritz a little on him in the air too. It's made with lavender, it's all natural. It's definitely perfect to kind of calm your dog down at the end of the day. You can also brush your dog. Popeye has a dual hard bristle, soft bristle brush. Just kind of give him a nice little brushing all over. It's very relaxing, very calming. Popeye seems to like it. You can also massage your dog. And next, I'm gonna use Popeye's Noble Paws Pet Balm, Paw Balm, that is all natural as well. And I'm just gonna give him a little paw massage because his paws get very dry in the winter. And I want to make sure they stay nice, especially going for walks, so they don't get too dry. And it's just nice to do for your dog to give them a little extra attention, a little extra treatment, and a little extra love. If you give any of these ideas a try to celebrate Valentine's Day with your dog, please share it with us on social media by using hashtag K9BeMine. If you're looking for a Valentine's Day gift for a loved one or yourself, no judgment, then look no further than Colleen Berg Jewelry. Colleen makes jewelry, cufflinks, keychains, and other pieces from signatures, fingerprint impressions, and of course, paw print impressions. Let's learn about her company. 
Looking at her pieces, you would think Colleen Berg has always been a full-time jewelry designer, but that is not the case. I was pregnant with my now 16-year-old daughter, and I did not want to go back to my day job. So, but you know, like most families in LA, we were a two-income family, and I needed to be able to bring in an income to um, support my family. Turning her hobby of jewelry making into a business allowed her to not only support her family, but to spend more time with them. My daughter was born three days after 9-11. Wow. And I just started thinking, I don't want to go back to work. I do need to find something. I want to, you know, it was such an emotional time for, for everyone. Mm -hmm. I wanted to stay home with her. And mm -hmm. I've always been an artist of some sort. And I thought, okay, let me, you know, see if I can turn my jewelry making hobby into some kind of business. And she started that business by making mostly gemstone jewelry. Colleen's first piece of signature and print work came from a difficult time in her life when her brother had cancer. How can I immortalize my brother for his young children and his wife and my mom so they'll always have a part of him? And I decided I needed to find a way to grab his thumbprint and his signature and all those things um, to help his family heal and to find some solace through their pain. And from that, Colleen created a jewelry line that allows everyone the chance to preserve their loved one's signatures and prints forever. And so I have a line now where I take your loved one's signatures and I create emotional jewelry, love mom, love dad, um, any kind of message, I love you, uh, to doggy paw prints, to kitty cat paw prints, to baby's footprints, to your loved one's thumbprints. Colleen expanded her jewelry line to include furry family members as well at the request of her clients. You know, it was just a natural, it came out naturally from working with so many of my human clients. They, you know, everybody has animals that they love in their life. And if I'm able to grab their, their baby's footprint or their toddler's thumbprints or their first grader's handwriting, why can't I grab a nose print or a paw print? And so my customers demanded it and I, was, I just decided I needed to fill the demand. Customers can choose to have their pet's paw prints or nose print turned into a necklace, keychain, or paperweight as a memento to cherish forever. Colleen works with each client to create a custom creation, not only to their taste and style, but one with a lasting emotional impact. On my website, I've got um, certain um, static choices that you can choose, okay. like simply your, a paw print on a necklace or a paw print on a keychain. But on my Facebook and on my Instagram, I've got a lot of like a library of examples of what I've done creatively with other customers. So if you want to add a little bit of your own flavor to a piece, I definitely recommend going through the library of photos that I have on Instagram and Facebook, my social media pages. Mm -hmm. And if you've got any creative ideas of your own, I'm so willing to work with you to That's create amazing. an amazing piece. Customers do not need to be local. Colleen has shipped impression kits all across the United States and Canada. Customers take their pet's imprint and mail the kit back. The turnaround time is about two weeks. It's pretty limitless. I can be as wow. creative as my customers can be, and we can come up with an idea together to That's make you really amazing. love and cherish a piece of jewelry. And not only will you love and cherish the jewelry, but it helps you bring your pet with you wherever you go, even those pets who are not here anymore. Colleen has made jewelry pieces of her own pet's paw prints, including one of her cat, who helped Colleen's daughter when she was young to move past a fear of animals. Meow Meow was a very sedentary cat when we first met her. We didn't realize how grumpy she was. I think we caught her on a good day when we adopted her. <laughs> 
But she she literally would just, you know, lie on the couch or, you know, she might snarl at you to leave her alone. She was so grumpy, but she was so loved. Yeah. And what she was able to do for my daughter was amazing. Lila is such an animal person now. She's uh, she loves animals That's and amazing. Meow Meow changed her life. So and this amazing. is Meow Meow's paw print. <laughs> and my daughter has Meow Meow in a necklace and mm. she'll never forget that pivotal, pivotal moment where she, you know, had Meow Meow with her. And speaking with Colleen for a few minutes, it's easy to see that her jewelry line is not just a job to her, it's a labor of love. I want this jewelry to be, you know, full of joy and full of meaning and full of healing and, and all those things that are important to all of us. And not only is each piece of jewelry Colleen makes meaningful, but they're all one of a kind, just like pets. If you are interested in purchasing jewelry from Colleen, please visit ColleenBerg.com. You can also visit her social media pages, Facebook.com forward slash ColleenBergJewelry or on Instagram at at ColleenBergJewelry. If your loved one is an animal lover, then a keychain or a piece of jewelry with their pet's paw print would be such a perfect and personal gift this Valentine's Day. Colleen is back with us now to talk about how the impression process works and how easy it is. Walk us through the impression process. This is a non-toxic material that I use. And essentially it's the same stuff that dentists use to take uh, molds of your teeth okay. or uh, doctors might use uh, to fit you for a hearing aid. Okay. And this is a process. I'm going to mix the white and the blue together, and it's going to form a catalyst reaction. Once I mix it, I've got five minutes before it will harden. Okay. So, someone thinks it's a snack here. <laughs> it looks good, doesn't it? I have your full attention now. This is great. <laughs> and I'm just going to mix it until the color is consistent okay. and you don't see a lot of blue or white streaks. And I did bring extra kits just in case Popeye's not having it. Now, do you send these to people um, if someone is far away and they want to order a piece of jewelry? Um, can they do it themselves or if, or if they're nearby, do you do it? How does that work? You know, I mail these kits all over the U.S. and Canada wow. for people to take their own impressions of their, of their puppies and their loved ones. And I flatten it out with this because I happen to have it handy. But you can use a spoon or whatever you have. And we're just going to gently take Popeye's paw print, paw, and make an impression. Look how perfect that oh, is. Oh, wow. How long does the impression take to harden? In about five minutes, this will cure into uh, like a hardened rubber. And I'll know I can just kind of hit the side of it when it's ready to use. Okay. And I can just peel it off and use it for, for my purposes. What is the turnaround time? If I'm mailing these out to my customers, they'll take the impression and they'll mail it to me. These get really sturdy. You can just stick it in the bubble wrap that I provide, pop it in the mail to me, um, and then I start my process. And you can let me know whatever you want me to engrave on the back. For example, like Roxy, um, you can hold, I'll hold your paw forever. Um, any, any kind of message, the dog's birthday, um, anything that you want to say, we can customize any engraving for the back. That's really um, so once I get the impressions from my customer, it takes me about a week and a half to two weeks to turn it around to them so they have a wearable piece of jewelry or a keychain or whatever they were interested in. If my pet has a large paw, do you resize it to make it fit on a necklace? No, I, I can shrink it about 20%, okay. but what I can do, do you see um, Popeye's paw pads here and then the base of the paw pad? What I do for a lot of customers, I might capture one 
of the paw pad areas. Perfect. So I've got a lariat that I can show you in a bit, and I've got my daughter's thumbprint on one side, and the other pendant is a portion of my dog's paw print. Aww. So I get to keep everybody I love with me in a necklace. That's amazing. Um, and that just makes it a little bit more wearable. Okay. But sometimes people do want to capture the entire paw print. And for something like that, we might do a keychain or um, something that they, or we could even do a paperweight or just a, a silver keepsake that they can have on their bookshelf, whatever they want. What if a customer's pet has passed away? Is there a way to make them a piece? And I have a lot of my customers, they come to me and they wish they'd found out about me six months ago when they were, their dog was terminal and you know their dog is no longer with them. And what we can do in that case, a lot of times you have a, a vet that might take a clay impression of your dog's paw print and uh, I can work with these. Yeah. So if you do have something of a dog that you miss and that you love, we can still create you a piece to, to immortalize your puppy. And one more question from me. How many tips? If, if someone's watching and they're already excited and they're already <laughs> going on and they're ready to, you know, um, to order a kit, what if they have a very excited dog or a dog who doesn't like having um, his or her paws touched? Do you have any tips for how to get the impression? Dog treats are always a good thing. Okay. And also <laughs> wearing your dog out a little bit can help. Yeah. You know, I take a, a lot of baby footprints and a lot of parents have the same question. You know, the baby's not, you know, the baby's moving around a lot. How do I get a clear impression? For the parents, I usually say, wait until your baby's asleep. And then it's super easy just to take the material to the baby's foot and you'll get a great clean impression. Take your dog to the dog park, take your dog to a nice long walk if they're overly excited. Yeah. Um, it's non-toxic, you can let them sniff the material, certainly don't let them eat it. But once they're calm, it's, you saw how fast it was. Yeah. Uh, Popeye's paw print was in and out and we were done. Wow. If you are interested in contacting Colleen, please visit ColleenBerg.com. If you have a question, contact us and we'll be sure to get you the right answer. Call us at 310-618-5762 or email us at caninecorner at torrentca.gov. It's amazing how taking just a few minutes to get your pet's paw impression can create a beautiful piece of jewelry and a memory to last a lifetime. Now, if you missed the adoption segment at the beginning of our show or just want to see the adorable dogs again, here's your recap. If you are looking for a sweet, lovable, mellow dog with a great disposition, then Alistair is the dog for you. He's a five-year-old Labrador Retriever American Staffordshire Terrier mix. He was rescued from a shelter by Forte Animal Rescue. He was very scared in the shelter and hid in the back of his cage. He likes other dogs, children, and cats. He likes going on walks, but he also likes just hanging out at home. He's a sweet and loving dog who would love a family to call his own. If you are interested in adopting Alistair, please contact Forte Animal Rescue at farescue.org. If you want even more Canine Corner, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram and Twitter and share with us how you're spending Valentine's Day with your dog by using hashtag CanineBeMine on social media. I hope you and your pup have a possum Valentine's Day. That's all the time we have today. Thanks for joining us here on Canine Corner. I'm Rhiannon Tritanich, and we'll see you next time.
Welcome to another edition of Community Cooking. I'm Maria Prekages, and today we have a viewer and a fan of the show on, Kathy Shortridge. Hi there. Welcome. I'm so Thank excited you. you're here. You said you love the show and you want to share a couple of your recipes with us. I do. I do. I'm very excited. So what are we making today? We're making Cajun corn soup and a special winter salad. Oh, Go excellent. With it. But the Cajun, you can do both in the winter or the summer. You can. I would like to stress you can. that. Absolutely. Any time of year. So I like things spicy. Put me to work. We have lots of ingredients. Yes. So what first? Yes. I would start with the veggies and okay. just start chopping for me. We have some green peppers. Mm-hmm. Now, you got it like this. How I does did. it become I from did. here to here? Right. <laughs> Please show me. You're just going to use the small knife okay. and cut yourself a circle. Without just cutting watch out yourself. for your thumb. Right. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. But and then you just pull the top out and it's... Oh, that's easy. It's pretty easy. And then you kind of, I just chop it in half and then clean out the rest. So oh, perfect. And can you use other type of peppers or do you like green for this one? You can. You absolutely can. Um, I brought a couple of other ones just to show there's, um, you can use any kind you like. But I like the green because the like sauce green. is mostly red. So add a little color. Yeah, Alrighty. exactly. Exactly. All right. Now, and you want these just in um, chunks? Yeah, just small, I'm so technical. Well, small pieces, <laughs> okay. small pieces, bite-sized pieces, I guess you'd say. Not, and not minced or anything. Is it true that the seeds make it hotter? Yes. So, yes. so we can I, leave a few in? You could leave a few and it would be fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I will chop away. Great. I'll go ahead and get started over here at the stove. Okay. And I'm going to make a roux. A roux de toot roux? Yes, a roux de toot roux. And that's the base for your soup or for any soup, really. And it's I, just some olive oil and flour, a quarter cup of each. I think when I hear roux, I think of like Thanksgiving gravy. Yes. And it takes forever. Yes. So it scares me a bit. No, I'll it's be just a quarter cup of each because we're, we're not making giant quantities. So, <laughs> But you're feeding me. Come oh, on. Oh, okay. Sorry. We are making giant <laughs> quantities. We are. I'm such a good chopper. I do one at a time. I may be here a while. So you basically want to just mix this up to make it um, like a chocolate caramel brown color. Okay. And and you make the roux why beforehand? Um, it's just a base for your soup, kind of like a base for your gravy. Okay. And then when you mix the veggies in, it kind of all gels together instead of just being a bowl of vegetables. How much of this pepper am I doing one? I forgot to ask. One and a half. Oh, one so and a half. So actually, I think it's everything that's there. I was going to say, funny thing, you planned that out. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Don't try this at home. Do, but just be a little more dainty about it. So I'm making about half inch, uh -huh, too big, too that's small. Great. That's great. That's actually great. Uh huh. Because it's gonna cook and it's gonna get real soft. So where did you get this recipe? It's from my cousin Kim, who lives in New York. Um, she's a chef, and uh, she gave me this recipe a long time ago. And I love to make it for the family or for parties. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's it's pretty easy. I like to make it. You can make it a day ahead. Well, so many soups and stews. Even mm -hmm. they get more flavorful when you let them sit. Yeah. Just going to add a little bit of chicken broth. Sometimes the flour gets a little dry. So you can always add a little more. All right, uh -huh. four stalks of celery? Yes. One. And you always want to wash your celery, which you already did. Four. Yes, it's been washed. And cut off the bases. <laughs> if I can... You know, you think you give me an easy task. Not oh. so much all the time. 
So what other recipes has your cousin brought down to you? She has quite a few. Um, she likes to make pastry also. So. Oh, we love your cousin. Yes, we do. She's awesome. Okay. So you're ready for the peppers? I think so. And see, the roux is just the okay. Roux is I'm like, getting you. Just kind of caramel color. Right, you are peppered, celery coming up. Now, does it matter because it's going to be in the soup which ones you put in? I know sometimes you want to do the, okay. the tougher veggies beforehand. I would say any of them is fine. Okay. Alrighty, so I have the celery and then one onion. Onion, so onions you take both sides off, correct? Yes. And then you want the skin. And I'll try not to cry. So do you cook a lot? Do you have a family? I do. I, uh, my husband and I have two kids, and my husband is kind of the day-to-day -day cook, and I'm more <laughs> the special occasion cook. We so love the day-to-day. -day. Yeah, the day-to-day -day cook, he does like the basics for us, which is nice. So when I told my son, who's 11, that I'm coming on a cooking show, he did actually laugh. He ah. did. But you do the specialty. You do all the harder I dishes do. I do or the, the best stuff. dishes. I do the Thanksgiving. I do the parties. So I'm more the caterer of the family than the daily cook. <laughs> all right, are you ready for some celery? I am. I am. That would be great. We'll do some celery. Oh, you know, I sometimes get more on the floor than in the pan, but that's okay. There's plenty. All right. That's great. So this is probably the slowest part of the recipe, too. The okay, rest of it, you just pour things in and stir. It's the chopping that takes the most time. Oh, so much easier, and you don't cry. Yeah, you don't. It kind of stays contained. So, oh, my new favorite tool. All right, so we have our green peppers, celery, onions in mm -hmm. the roux. Yes, I just like saying that in the roux. We can put the garlic in too. Oh, what dish is not complete without garlic? And that's not a lot of garlic, just nope. enough. Nope, just enough. I did bring the the really fun garlic peeler, though, if you wanted to. <laughs> if we need more. If you need more. That's my favorite. So, and you just keep adding chicken broth as needed. Right, right, just so it doesn't get too dry. Yeah. You could add water if you wanted, but that's not as fun. No. Now, let's talk a little bit about the other ingredients. The sausage. Mm-hmm. What that, kind did you use? That is kielbasa. Okay. And I just, uh, it's already come pre-cooked, so you just can slice it and fry it up in a pan. Okay, so you did, before the show, you just fried a little bit mm -hmm. up. Yep. Yep. What other types of sausage could you use? You can use Italian sausage, which is, um, I've, which I've done before with spices, or whatever. You could use Cajun sausage, whatever you like, really, but spicier is better. I was going to say, that is a nice flavor, but it doesn't knock you over right. for the spice. Right. But I it's made good. It, that one's kind of mild. Thank you. Yeah. I'm already crying. I'll have smoke coming out of my ears. That is good. Okay, we're going to transfer right. over. We're going to the big mm -hmm. cazzarola. That's is what right. the Greek's called. The big. I should probably do it this way, huh? You can see the veggies aren't quite clear yet, but that's okay. Because they'll still cook in the soup. Yes. Okay. Yum. Yeah, this, this might feed us. <laughs> you never know. You never know. All right, so the veggies go in right. the big pot. Exactly, and then we're going to go ahead and add our tomatoes and stir. So, and these are just... That's a lot of tomatoes. It is. It's stewed tomatoes and tomato paste. 
Okay. And um, whole tomatoes. So everything. Mm-hmm. I won't get you. Good thing you wore red, though. Yeah, red is a good color to cook right. this with. So I recommend wearing red when you're cooking <laughs> yeah, this dish. Whenever you do. So stewed tomatoes. Uh-huh. And you have two types of corn. I do. I have cream corn and kernel corn. That corn, actually kernel. was frozen, or you could use canned, whatever, See, or fresh, whatever so you like. So easy. That's what I like. Really easy. All the ingredients. All right, corn. Are we ready for the corn? Yes. Lots of corn. Lots of corn. Oh. Kind of the basis for the Cajun corn soup. Yeah. Hence the name. There we go. And who doesn't like creamed corn? I'll Nobody. Go ahead. <laughs> I love it. Anything with cream? I think the trick to this recipe too is having a big pot. So you want to get a nice stock pot to make it in because yeah, it can be kind of messy. So, so you mix it. Look at how colorful that is. It's very colorful. That is beautiful. Yellow, green. Put this way. So All the see. colors. Yeah. All the colors of the rainbow. All the colors. We love it. Exactly. Now, you had already put the tomato paste in there. Actually, we need to add that. Okay. So let's go ahead and add it. That's what this recipe is pretty forgiving. So. And tomatoes are so good for you. And they, I just read an article that said, actually, tomato is the only one that cooked. It brings out all the uh, nutrients more so than raw. Wow. Lycopene, I think, that's very good for you. So a little tomato paste. So an extra so, healthy something you know, or other. If it healthy helps and good. tastes good, I say go for exactly. it. Exactly. So and how long, since most of everything is cooked, do you have to put it on to simmer? You know, I would simmer for about an hour and a half. Really? Yep. Just to bring out just all the flavors? Just to bring it all okay. together, just on low, and then it's ready to go after that. But yeah, I'd yeah. simmer for about an hour and a half. So, and this would be good, I mean, this much would serve a good family. Yes, absolutely. And I've doubled the batch before, which is actually really fun. Oh my lord, it must come up to Uh-huh, it comes up really high. <laughs> so, and it's great for, you know, any sort of game, whether it's basketball, yeah. football, you know, everyone's sitting around the house. Exactly. Or just nighttime, it's, you know, colder in Torrance. You know, we have that Torrance wind. It's freezing cold. It gets it's a little chilly. So um, it's good for nighttime. One well, soup so. is so good for you. It's filling. Mm -hmm. Okay, so do you add the sausage now? Yes, or later? we'll go ahead and add the sausage. And, and you add it, I like some... in the big, just slices. Yeah, big slices. You could cut it smaller if you wanted to, but. I like the big ones, because yeah. then you can actually find it and taste it. Right. So. All and then the there is some cayenne pepper here that's hiding. So I do like to add a little bit. There we go. Cayenne pepper. Perfect. You can add, I think the recipe calls for an eighth of a teaspoon, but I just kind of like to go like that. <laughs> she <laughs> because, likes it spicy. We because, love it. Because um, cooking is an art and a science. So. Well, and isn't it better to add a little less at the beginning? Yes. Because when it sits, that's the when it really comes out. The flavor is going to come forward. Exactly. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you can add as much of that as you want. Oh, it smells so good. I love it. Oh, that's a heavy. It's heavy. That's a heavy pot of soup, pop. people. So while that's simmering, we let's make uh, some salad. Salad. We do that because I love my lettuce. So you have some apples. It's apple, walnut, gorgonzola. Kind yeah. of my three favorite. Well, and I love things. spring and mix. Spring mix. Uh huh. Mixed greens, mixed baby greens. And I mm -hmm. like it because some is a little bitter, uh -huh. some are a little bit less. So you have your big bowl of salad. Apples. Apples. We'll just do, I think, uh, one is probably fine. One? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't have my little apple core. I'm sorry. I, I meant cheat to bring at home that. a lot. I, meant to I bring cheat. That, but. So you just want to slice up your apples? Mm-hmm. 
Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at your slicing okay. skills. Sure, sure, no problem. Because you never want to get. And can you use any type of apple? You can. I like Fuji. It's probably Fuji one of my faves. So, yep, I like Fuji. So I'll give you the pre-cored ones. Oh, look it! You're so good to me. I try. And I love apples with the dressing. I see vinegar. Mm-hmm. It's um vinegar with a little bit of mustard, sugar, salt, oh, yum. Um, red wine vinegar. So it's it's a mixture of things. And like then that. we'll add the gargonzola to it too. Tart, sweet, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. But Fuji are good. My dad's favorite kind of Isn't apple. It? Yeah. I'm a green apple fan, but. You could do green if you wanted with this recipe, definitely. Just in nice chunks, once again. Sometimes I think I get in the habit of just really dicing everything, and you can't taste it. The flavor right. doesn't come out. It does It does kind of get lost. So big chunks are good. I'm doing bigger. <laughs> Do you see my great slicing abilities? No, it's good. It's good. I'll just put a finger in So if you want to bring over the clear bowl, and then okay. we'll mix with a little bit of lemon juice to keep the oh. apples from turning brown, because it's not fun to eat a salad with brown apples in it. No, so you can make it a little ahead of time. Yes. So apples, and then all Ooh, the lemon just, juice? Just a little bit, okay. just a little bit, and we'll just stir it up with one of those I secret spoon. spoons that you have. I have a spoon right here. You have the secret spoon. So you should just coat the, all uh -huh. the... Yeah, just coat them. I forgot that trick. Lemon yeah. is fabulous. Lemon is very, very helpful. So we can put those aside. And then if you want to take the little cruet with the olive oil I was in like, it. I like, what's the cruet? What's the cruet? <laughs> With the olive oil, that's a oh, pretty one. That's a fun one. And um, you're just, we're just gonna go ahead and add all of these fun things. So here's red wine vinegar. Oh, right into the cruet. Uh -huh, right see, in there. you're so smart. You're so smart. A little vinegar. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're not gonna need that one, so we're fine. And then uh, some mustard. I'll let you get the mustard. Okay. Then we have, see, I see the sugar. I'll get that ready for you. Okay, and then we need a little bit of salt from over there. Oh. Like, where's the salt? You mean the shaker? Mm-hmm. I always like to measure my hand a little first. Sure. But. Sounds good. I hear something bubbling, so I'm going to just step back over here and stir <laughs> a little bit. So we don't have a soup explosion? Yeah. That'd be a good one. I think I'm going to just move it over. So the salad dressing, oil, vinegar. I love mustard and stuff and dressings. And then sugar. How much? You put the sugar in with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little yeah. dabble, do just you? Just a little bit. Exactly. You can use your hands as long as they're clean. Yes. <laughs> and I think is that that's it? probably good. Then this is nice, the and handy top. I can shake. shake it. There we go. Shake, shake, shake. Oh, that's a good color. Yeah, kind of nice. All righty. And then Next we'll go step. ahead and add the, the walnuts and the cheese to the salad. That's gorgonzola. Oh. And I toasted the walnuts in the oven. You did? I did. Now, I've toasted sesame, uh, sesame seeds, mm -hmm. burn them all the time. So walnuts a little bigger, easier? I think so. Keep an eye on them. Keep set a timer. Oh, that's a set timer thing. <laughs> set a timer. So, and gorgonzola you can get anywhere. Yes, yes, just at the grocery store or whatever. So we're going to have a very colorful meal. We are, we are. I like it, I like it. And then how, just go ahead and mix it up, and then we'll add the croutons and apples. Oh, you add them after? Mm-hmm. Okay. These oh, things. actually, we'll wait on the dressing. I was Sorry. gonna say, we'll wait on the dressing. Sorry, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait till our soup is done. But, oh, yum, I love salads like this. So we're gonna set this aside for a moment. Okay. 
And let's talk about what do you serve? What do you like to serve with the soup? Say if it's a big group versus just single serving. Yeah, I would say because the soup is spicy, cool things. You could serve coleslaw, you can serve salad, you can serve things that are sweet, but you want to kind of offset the spicy with cooler things. Okay. So, and then yeah. I saw you brought some gorgeous bread in with you. Fresh I did, bread. I did. Sourdough is always the thing that has Easy. to go with the soup. <laughs> okay. Sourdough, you just buy it. You don't have to make it. So I like that. You yeah. find a really good bakery and you befriend them. Yes. So do we want to um, yeah, we slice, slice some sourdough? this one up. Okay. This is probably the good one. The better use. knife for that. All righty. And then we're also going to serve um, one of the soups in a bread bowl. And I have that in the oven, the bread in the oven. To I warm will it get up. the bread in the oven, and you can slice the sourdough. Okay. How's that? That sounds good. I'll try to get this organized here. Oh. So what is the restaurant that your cousin works at in New York? In New York, she is a pastry chef for a hotel oh. kitchen there, and I can't remember the name of it, um, but she's in demand, so she does catering too. She's, <laughs> she's in high demand. in demand. She like, is. She's tell all her we over the place. We appreciate her sharing her recipes. Yes. Thank you, Cousin Kim. Thank you, Cousin Kim. So, and you just can serve the sourdough. You don't have to heat it. Nothing. Right, it's nothing. just because the soup's hot. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, yum. I love sourdough bread. And then I want you to show, look at this, has been warming in the oven. Yeah, it's better toasted. I mean, you could serve it without warming it, but I like to warm it up. Oh, it smells so good. What kind of uh, bread is this? With it's seeded sourdough. Just oh, called so seeded still sourdough, sourdough mm -hmm. but a little seeded. Yeah. Perfect. And then we're going to arrange these little breads around this bowl for serving a group. I love that. The big group, you just grab your bread, serve exactly, your soup. Exactly, exactly. You don't all eat out of the same bowl, right? You have some. No. Just that one, would be my family. Just one spoon yeah, just instead of 20. It. Just one spoon. So I'm going to see if we can tuck these breads in around the edge that. here. How Maybe nice. we'll just do them on one side. Oh, that's great, though. So. For the big, hungry family. That's right. For the party. Yeah, I like mm -hmm. it. And it looks gorgeous. And you put a little basket there under it. Yeah. It's not really a charger, the one underneath, but. No, but. At least I it'll like it. catch whatever's going on. So there's that and that. So let's go ahead and put that Ooh. one, I guess, on a plate. The hot stuff. The hot stuff. And the soup, I used to always think, well, won't it seep through? But I ate it too fast anyway, so. And then you have your extra bread right. that came right off the top. Right. And you can just set it on the side so that they don't have to destroy the bread bowl in order to eat the bread. <laughs> but that's the best part. You're right. <laughs> All right. And you, we already have one soup that's been simmering. Yeah, actually, we can go ahead and serve that one, absolutely. For a long time. Look at this. It has. Yeah, and this one has a little bit of different sausage in it. This has a very spicy sausage. So oh, good. We like it spicy. This one is a little more spicy. It's just so colorful. I love yeah. it. I'll just bring it over here if you want to. I will remove that. To here. Look at that. And it can sit for a second. And then while we toss, whoops, Oops. the salad. That is beautiful. It's really chunky. It's kind of like having oh. a chili, but it has more veggies than chili probably would. And you said you put different meats in this, or was it just a spicier? Uh-huh, this is a spicier sausage. It okay. is different there. than the kielbasa. And then do you want to pour the rest in yep. there? Yep, look just at that. Pour the rest in here. Try not to splash too much. That is absolutely gorgeous. That worked out really well. That looked perfect. Wow. Who would have thunk? All right, and then the salad. 
think we can do two oh, toss. And that's, oh, no, no, you said that it's always the last thing you want to do. Yes. Because keep it nice and fresh. Yes, otherwise it's too wilted with this. the dressing on it. All right. So we shake, shake, shake again. Mm-hmm. And dress it. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and add Apple. these first. Okay. I was like, what's the order? Add those. <laughs> You're the one who's done this. That's okay. That's okay. And, and then, then did we do the dressing? walnuts already? Yes. Walnuts okay, walnuts are in there. Okay. okay, yeah, go for it. And you don't need, that's not a lot of dressing, which is nice. Keeps it really light. Mm-hmm. And these are good tongs. Those are the stand back. I'm stand tossing back, a salad. I'm tossing a salad with crazy tongs. I like we'll add a little bit of this, too, while you're tossing. Some croutons. I, I like my croutons mixed in because it uh -huh. gets the, the flavor. Well, this is great. How fun and easy. Yeah, it is actually pretty easy. Oh, These just, are good servers. Look at that. So you can have a nice, light meal, but colorful. Oh, yum. Look at me, I'm like serving as quick as I can. Because I need to taste it. Oh. <laughs> of course, you always need to taste it. Absolutely. All righty. I'm going to get us some spoons ready. <laughs> and let's do a quick taste test. So a little bit of salad, uh -huh. lots of great bread, lots of great ingredients. Yes. All fresh. You can yes. get them all at the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming thank in. You. That was so much fun. Thank you. It was very fun. I hope all you right. like it. I was going to say, you've tasted it before. I want this I big have. piece of sausage right there, the big spicy. Mmm. I'm glad you like it. That, oh my gosh, all the flavors. You're not supposed to talk with your mouth full, I know. That is so good. It's just all the flavors are infused all together. You, I don't know what spice I'm tasting, but it's all so delicious. I think it actually tastes better the second day. So it's delicious. Save it up and have some more tomorrow. Well, thanks again. Thank you. And we will see you all next time on Community Cooking. If you would like a copy of the recipe seen on this show, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to the Office of Cable and Community Relations, 3350 Civic Center Drive, Suite 200. That's in Torrance, California, 90503. Be sure to note the show number and the date you saw the show. And don't forget, you can find all the fresh ingredients used on today's show at the Farmer's Market. Visit the one here in Torrance at Wilson Park. They're located at 2200 Crenshaw Boulevard. They're open every Tuesday from 8 a.m. until 1 p.m. and every Saturday from 8 a.m. until noon, rain or shine. And if you'd like to be a guest on our show, give us a call at 310-618-5762 or email us at communitycooking at tornet.com.
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it, it became a rock and roll village, a community. later his team called me and said hey we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit and I thought absolutely let's do it We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community. And we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow, which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. special thing that we can do this in the middle of winter, bring the snow to people. I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time, but we know how important it is for people to spend time together, and it's really nice that we can do it in this way, so really happy to be here. so great to be here in West Hollywood hosting this conversation. We're home to such a diverse community with intersectional voices and our amazing poet laureate Jen Chang put this incredible program together and that's why we're here in West Hollywood because the rainbow is as diverse as our community and it's great to be here together. remembering our history we're remembering to talk about stories we might not have learned about in school and especially with the climate of book bans and 
things being suppressed or not being heard, it's more important today than ever to really share stories. Many folks behind the doors encouraging the front leaders to move forward because when you're in front, you get judged and you get, and you get criticized. The more they come, build challenge states of law and knowing what is seen, what is moving, there is no destroying. excited to be here today. We're having really important discussions about civil rights, both the history, but how this affects us in this current moment in time, and coming together with community and through the lens of the arts to have important dialogue like this. I think it's a really amazing way for people to continue to move these conversations forward. That reverberation of talking about the past and making new art to talk about the past and bring it to the present, that new art can take us to the future. My prince's boy loves his brother. Who has a brother? Yeah? Yeah, do you love your brother? Yeah? Someone shook their head. Someone said no. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. I've been doing theater for over 25 years. And being able to bring theater and drag together and then bringing it with children just warms my heart so much to be able to read books to kids and see their eyes open up and just laugh and play. This is why I enjoy what I do. Peace follows I'm sorry can let differences live. It spreads and it strengthens when hearts can forgive. Drag has been an essential part of the West Hollywood community for a long time. Uh, historically, this has been such a haven for queer people, so of course it's been a haven for queer art forms. When we first started doing Drag Story Hour, this is one of the first places we really started doing it, so you really see drag in its most cutting-edge form taking place here in the city. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes. Yeah. The city of West Hollywood has been supporting Drag Story Hour at the library since 2017. What moves me is seeing the faces of the kids when they hear the stories. And it really teaches kids about acceptance, about belonging, and that you can just be your true self. I think that Drag Story Hour supports the mission of West Hollywood because it is all about inclusivity, it's all about giving young people the opportunity to meet people that they might not have met in their everyday lives, it gives them the opportunity to understand other identities, and it gives them the opportunity to explore drag in an environment that's not only safe for them, but made for them. Watching the world from above. This is where my heart is shining. In this little hour, it's possible to find truth, 
and peace and love in just this little hour in this room right now. No matter what's going on out there, you can find it. And I hope you find it every day. Thank you so much for coming. Hello, WeHo. Ready to make your mark in the presidential primary election? Your voice is your superpower, and it's time to use it. Mark your calendars for some key dates. Mail-in voting has started, and those sleek yellow drop boxes are ready for your ballot throughout West Hollywood. Starting February 24th, swing by Plummer Park's Fiesta Hall to vote early. If you're more of a last-minute type, no worries. The West Hollywood Park Vote Center opens its doors on March 2nd at the Aquatic and Recreation Center. Same-day voter registration, known as conditional voter registration, is also available at these locations if you missed the deadline to register to vote. Election day is March 5th. Vote centers are your go-to from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. before the big day, and from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. on election day itself. For the VIP treatment, check out lavote.gov for all L.A. County vote center locations and estimated wait times. Need a ride to a voting center? If you're a West Hollywood resident, we've got you covered with CityLine and Dial-A-Ride. Just hop on or call ahead, and you'll be voting in style. Visit weho.org slash cityline for more cityline information. Or if you're 62 or over or living with a disability at any age, call 1-800-447-2189 to schedule a Dial-A-Ride reservation. And for the cherry on top, we've got three shiny yellow ballot drop boxes around town. They're secured 24-7 so your vote is safe with us. Find them at City Hall, the West Hollywood Library, and Plummer Park. Don't just vote, make it an event. Check your registration status, get informed, and nudge your pals. Your vote is your voice. Let's hear it loud and clear. I'm Eddie Robinson, WeHo TV News.
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it, it became a rock and roll village, a community. weeks later, his team called me and said, hey, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy. Uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit? And I thought, absolutely, let's do it. We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here so great to be here in West Hollywood hosting this conversation. We're home to such a diverse community with intersectional voices and our amazing poet laureate Jen Chang put this incredible program together and that's why we're here in West Hollywood because the rainbow is as diverse as our community and it's great to be here together. remembering our history we're remembering to talk about stories we might not have learned about in school and especially with the climate of book bans and 
things being suppressed or not being heard, it's more important today than ever to really share stories. Many folks behind the doors encouraging the front leaders to move forward because when you're in front, you get judged and you get, and you get criticized. The more they come, build challenge states of law and knowing what is seen, what is moving, there is no destroying. excited to be here today. We're having really important discussions about civil rights, both the history, but how this affects us in this current moment in time, and coming together with community and through the lens of the arts to have important dialogue like this. I think it's a really amazing way for people to continue to move these conversations forward. That reverberation of talking about the past and making new art to talk about the past and bring it to the present, that new art can take us to the future. My prince's boy loves his brother. Who has a brother? Yeah? Yeah, do you love your brother? Yeah? Someone shook their head. Someone said no. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. I've been doing theater for over 25 years. And being able to bring theater and drag together and then bringing it with children just warms my heart so much. To be able to read books to kids and see their eyes open up and just laugh and play, this is why I enjoy what I do. Peace follows, I'm sorry, can let differences live. It spreads and it strengthens when hearts can forgive. Drag has been an essential part of the West Hollywood community for a long time. Uh, historically, this has been such a haven for queer people, so of course it's been a haven for queer art forms. When we first started doing Drag Story Hour, this is one of the first places we really started doing it, so you really see drag in its most cutting-edge form taking place here in the city. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes. The city of West Hollywood has been supporting Drag Story Hour at the library since 2017. What moves me is seeing the faces of the kids when they hear the stories. And it really teaches kids about acceptance, about belonging, and that you can just be your true self. I think that Drag Story Hour supports the mission of West Hollywood because it is all about inclusivity. It's all about giving young people the opportunity to meet people that they might not have met in their everyday lives. It gives them the opportunity to understand other identities and it gives them the opportunity to explore drag in an environment that's not only safe for them, but made for them. Watch the world from above. This is where my heart is shining. In this little hour, it's possible to find truth, 
and peace and love in just this little hour in this room right now. No matter what's going on out there, you can find it. And I hope you find it every day. Thank you so much for coming.